two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, September 13th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're here from 3 to 6 today on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. Go to BigXSportsRadio.com for more information or your streaming link. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey. TK, we're both rocking the blue today. You're rocking the Blue Jays t-shirt. I'm rocking the, the Love Burger t-shirt from Canada the Weight that you gifted me for my birthday. I'm feeling good. You're looking great. I feel like we're going to have a great show today. Big fan of the band. We're looking to get the CD. <laughs> just take off the hat no it's the greatest hits album maybe, some, maybe nothing nothing a lot of, no, nothing new just, mostly old things mostly old stuff it's, just, it's just a great movie just look like Prince uh, we, we got, I, we, we, go first of all that that was an intro of like coming off of a weekend loss for a little bit I, I want at least three give me four all rights get three no, no, I need it's four it's Tuesday I gotta mix it and up it, it wasn't even like an, um, there wasn't even oomph behind the all right I'm either. mixing it up I'm mixing it up <sighs> Can't have the same cadence every day. I'm not. I'm not liking the opening right now. Yeah, I'm a little tired today. I mean, you. I've got. A, I've got a midnight night tonight with the bats. Yeah, they're playing. I mean, that's, you don't go to sleep at five a.m. I know. That's like a six p.m. night for anybody else. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, it's like, why are you gonna be? Ooh, you get to start playing Madden and watching movies two hours later than normal. Life's so tough. It's a rough life for you, buddy. Life's a hard one. Uh, we're until 6 <laughs> o'clock today. Uh, it takes on the Thornton Sucks line at 502-414-1450. We missed a lot last night yesterday in that text line, by the way. I told you we couldn't get to it. The text line was blown. Mondays are the biggest yeah. day for text because people are reacting to the game. Last, uh, I guess it was Tuesday because we had Labor Day off. Last Tuesday, we had like, I think more text than we've ever had because people were upset about the Syracuse game. Yesterday, ton of text from people mostly... Celebrating the UCF win or sharing other thoughts uh, today, you know it'll probably go down a little bit. But we, I told you, we couldn't get to all the texts that we had because you know we talked for the first. The, typically, when at least what we did last year on the show during football season was the hey, first. You can say that now. Yeah, the the first hour on the reaction episode, whether the game is you know if it was a weekend game, we're reacting on Monday. You and I will share our thoughts for the first hour, pretty much go back and forth a little bit, and then we go to the text line. And the issue is the text line has like, we have like 700 texts during the first hour from people weighing in. 
And then when you get to the text, like they, they keep pouring in, they keep pouring in. It's just impossible to get to all of them. So our apologies if we didn't get to uh, you know, your thoughts yesterday. We'll try to get to everybody today. But text us, 502-414-1450. And then I say Pascal's and everybody. And then it just, it Pascal's just, just lit everything up. I told Mary, uh, we, we, we took our – I, I keep been saying that wrong for 40 years, by the way. We did our post-radio <laughs> – we, we always like walk. Usually we, we try to do it as a family if the weather's nice enough. We'll take John, Virginia, and Penny on a little walk. And I was, we were walking down Norburn yesterday, and I, I was. Hey, I, I lived in Norburn. Did you? Yeah. Uh, it's very beautiful street. It's yeah. just kind of like it's like you dropped like a house, like a, a row of very rich, expensive houses into the middle of this otherwise like normal same. Oh no! Area. See, I lived on the Norburn on the other side. You lived on the street. You didn't live in the estates. Yeah, I lived okay. on, we, we we like to profoundly call it the ghetto of St. Matthews. Yeah, <laughs> across the street from the from the real Norburn. Yeah, yeah, the real Norton. <laughs> I'm like East St. Louis to St. Louis Norton. <laughs> yeah, so we we walked down. We're walking down Norburn Estates, you know, dreaming that we actually like live there. And um, <laughs> I don't know why, but like I remembered. I was like, I was like, so did you not, she, Mary's like, I listen to part of the show, but she, I was like, did you hear Trevor say Pascal <laughs> instead of Pascal? And she's like, no, no. She's like, he knew that. He, she's like, he's smarter than that. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, he just. She's like, well, then he, he must not have read the word. I was like, yeah, he just did. He just didn't know. I just always thought it was pronounced Pascal's, but it's well, it's not. It's not the way it's pronounced. <laughs> it's spelled differently as well. Uh, it is Pastels, but that's okay. We'll move on. You're I, like I said yesterday. You're always close. You're always enough of the ballpark that everybody knows what you're talking about. It's just a little bit wrong. I feel like people should like like don't like they hear me when I mispronounce so many words. They're like, "What are you like? You're not from this country, are you?" And I'm like, "I wish I could say no, but it's okay." <laughs> uh, while you're texting us on the Thornton Stocks line, download the Refreshing Rewards app. It's gonna save you money at the pump every time you fuel up at one of the 84,812 area Thornton's locations. There's so many of them because they know what they're doing. Uh, you know, you don't have a whole lot of anything unless it's a successful business model, unless it's doing the right things, and that's what Thornton's is all about. Also reminding you, we are coming to you, as always, from the UofL College of Business Studios. Uh, to find out more about UofL College of Business, how you can earn an MBA, how you can get into any one of their international programs, all this sort of stuff, go to college.business.louisville.edu uh, backslash UofL MBA if you're interested in the MBA. If not, just go to the, the UofL College of Business website. Uh, we love our friends over at the University of Louisville College of Business. TK, uh, we got a lot to get to today. We've got Scott Satterfield speaking. I'm going to apologize to Scott Satterfield. He explained something that I, I thought about, and I was like, "Okay, I was wrong about this." I'm going. Huh? To, I was going to talk about. Th- I'm going to talk about this. I'm huh? like, I owe Sat a little, not, not a big apology, huh? not, not a grandiose apology from some of the other stuff, but I will apologize to him for something. Did We've you got fall and hit your head on the way to the show. No, okay. I, 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 I'm willing to apologize. I, okay. I'm always. Yeah, I bend the knee a little bit. You apologize. No, I'm, I'm okay with apologizing. I'm just trying to fathom what it could be. You would want to apologize for at this point. We're going to talk about it. Uh, we're, we're going to get there. We've got uh, a basketball schedule is out. The full U of L men's basketball schedule for the upcoming season. Kenny Payne's first is out. We're going to react to that. Uh, Florida State. It's talking time over there. They had their uh, defensive players and Mike Norvell talked to the media yesterday. Jordan Travis talked to the media today about coming back to Louisville. We'll talk a little bit about what they had to say. And the the, the FSU talk is just kind of ratcheting up now with a short week, another short week game on Friday night. You have less time to get all the stuff out there. I'm excited about it. We're going to get to all that good stuff. First, though, did you watch Monday Night Football last night? I did, actually. we got to talk about it. First of all, you and I were both wrong. Okay, here, I, I, you owe Sad an apology. I, I, I have an apology as well. Okay. I, I, should, I, this is, I underestimated it, and I shouldn't have, that Seattle would go into this game as their Super Bowl. And they treated they it did. as such. I mean, that was... 
I hadn't seen Seattle rock like that in two years. I love how everybody... Like, I love, people always talk about the Seattle atmosphere. Like, if you watched the Seattle game last year, it was like going to a UK football game in the 90s. It was, it was dead. And, and it was rightfully so. They weren't very good last year. I mean, they what, they win five games, six games maybe. This year's team, they know they're not going to win more than four or five right. games this year. They, they know that. They should know that. They don't know that. They're just delusional. And the fact is, is that last night was there. I mean, that place was pumped. You saw Pete Carroll acting as if they were an NFC title game. I mean, Clint Hurt looked like he was like he was just coaching for his job. Which love the Clint Hurt mentions. I mean, he, and he was going insane on the sideline. The, Seattle played that game as their Super Bowl, and as a result, they got the win. Now I know that's not what you want to talk about. You want to probably bring up, I'm sure, Neil, uh, uh, whatever Hackett's. Uh, Nathan Hackett, whatever Hackett the end it of the is. Game. Yeah, the end of the game decision to... Well, to I also wanted to bring up this, because I, I do. I, I totally agree with you. There's always a game or two, whether it's college football or pro football, where... I hate to use the cliche, it's their Super Bowl, but yeah. I mean, that's just... It, it's They clear this was the game they had circled on their schedule as the big game of the year. Understandably so. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson, they booed the crap out of they him. They did, which you knew was going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, people were like shocked, like, he did everything for him. I'm like, yeah, but he left. Like, he kind of ditched You're going to yeah. boo him. Like, this like, wasn't the owners was, being like, we're not going to pay you. He was like, NFL. I want out. The yeah. fans are insane. They're go- Of course they're going to boo him. So, you mentioned this, like, there's a game or two every year in the first week of the, or, or the, you know, college football, NFL, where... Just weird stuff happens. You've, you've had three months to prepare for this one game, and everybody just takes way too much away from it. And I think last night, like, I just love the Geno Smith takes. Because Geno played well. <laughs> he, he did. He completed his first 13 passes, yeah. had two touchdown passes, no interceptions. They chanting his name. And every, yeah, exactly. Everybody's like, you know, this is he hasn't started a game since 2014. The resurgence, the comeback. I'm like, this man is going to be benched in six weeks. Like, like this, is well, the be- this is as good as it's going to get for yeah. Geno Smith. He's been focusing on this one game. It's a weird thing where the dynamic is odd. Uh, you, you talked about the fans are just putting all their energy into it. I'm sure Denver was a little bit tight because of that. Like, he played well last night. He, he's liable to go out there and throw four picks next week. Like he, this man is not making it to, as their starting quarterback to November. Oh, I, I promise you right now they won't win more than five games this year. They're not good. No, but the end of the game. I, I first of all, I loved watching the. I didn't wasn't watching it live, but the Manning cast afterwards, where Peyton's like, "Get a timeout here, gotta get a timeout here, guys." I, I don't watch the Manning cast, but I was he's watching like, the game. Live. He's like sitting there the whole time. He's like, and the shock on his face just grows as the clock keeps winding down. He's like, he's like, I use one here. I, 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 I talk about this a little bit here, guys. Let's, let's go ahead and use that. Let's go ahead and, and the clock just winds all the way down. And he's like, I, uh, I, I, I want to call the time out there. Just, just talk about this one a little bit here. It was just an odd thing that they get to they get to third and fourteen with a minute twelve to go near midfield, and that third and fourteen play is the last offensive play they run. It just it was an odd. Well, thing. it was fourth and five when they went for it. I know, but I'm talking about the third and fourteen play before that. Like okay. they, they didn't run another offensive play after that one. They've got over a minute to go when that play ends, and they that's it. That they. they, they Wind down the clock for a guy who was 0-6, lifetime from that distance. The second longest field goal in NFL history. That's their goal. It blew my mind. I mean, it was an interesting decision because, I mean, here's the dilemma. I mean, you, you 64-yard is, is a hell of a long kick, and, and he had the distance, barely, but it did go wide left. But, I mean, sports in five. I mean, I don't know. Here, the question to me is, do you, do you call a timeout immediately and then go for it? Or do you let the time clock? Because if you by letting them, they had about exactly one minute left when that play happened, right? Because they they called timeout as the, the play clock ended, and that was twenty seconds left. So forty seconds to that would be one minute. And but if you do that, you still only have two timeouts. If you miss it, I mean, you're not going to get the ball back anyway. 
So the question is really is is not as much the time as whether you go for it or you kick the field goal to me. For sure. I think the time, I mean, the time, because it, it, it looked goofy and they were playing. But if you're not sure, you call the timeout and then you think about it. I mean, you, you can do that. And it was a minute left. But if you if you go for it and you don't get it, you only have two timeouts. So you're not getting the ball back. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So just go ahead and use the timeout. But but when you use it, it's kind of moot, really. Whether you use it with twenty seconds, but or again, you use it with a minute. But I'm saying, like, if they if they're not sure whether or not they want to kick it or go for it, use the timeout because when you run the clock down, then you're at a position where you have to kick it. So just use the timeout. If you don't if you don't get it, regardless, if you miss the kick or don't get the fourth down, the game's over. Yeah. So just use it if you, if you're not sure, use the timeout. That at least gives you the option to well, talk about it. Maybe they were it. just deciding it during the whole forty seconds of the play clock. But that seems silly then, because if, if if you're deciding it on the fly, you're wasting time. If you what if you decide. 20 seconds later, we want to go for this thing. You've wasted 20 seconds to move down the field. I mean, if you if you knew when you weren't going to get it, if you were going to kick a field goal immediately, you could have rushed him out there, missed it, and then you had three timeouts to get the ball back, maybe with with like 10 seconds. But that's if you're lucky, 10 seconds. I, I agree with you on your first point. Like the the, the, the time, I just is don't moved. think when they call the timeout really mattered. It doesn't. I'm agreeing with yeah, you, but okay. I'm saying if the only reason why you call it soon enough is because if you're even considering going for it in fourth and five, you need to save that time. You need to save that. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. 40 seconds. So if you're deciding on the fly, why not call the timeout and decide? Because you've got three. It doesn't well, matter at If that that's point. the case, and I feel like then maybe he had to have already known that he was kicking That's the, the only thing I can think of. And let's, let's mention, this is a raucous atmosphere with a brand new coach. Now, I know this is uh, Hackett, a guy that grew up you know, in the in the game. He's been around for a long time. His dad's obviously a famous coach, but it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think he just, I mean, it's hard to get mad at the rookie coach for kind of having trouble under pressure. When his veteran quarterback clearly could not handle the pressure himself last night, and this is like, he looked he looked rattled completely all and game Russell long. Wilson like he's been known for that. He's the best comeback quarterback in the NFL. He's so, the best like two minute drill quarterback in the NFL. I mean, if you're nobody if, managed time well. If your 34 year old Super Bowl winning veteran quarterback is getting rattled with this atmosphere, and rightfully so, I mean it was a crazy place last night. See, I looked as bad as as insane as it has been probably in years, and then you know the coach kind of goofed up a little bit. I mean, I, I mean I, I feel like he probably. Honestly, going for the field goal might have been probably the better decision than going for it on fourth and five the way Russell Wilson that offense was playing. I mean, I, my whole thing, and I'm the millionth person I mean, to, to make this argument too, is you paid this man $200 million, right? You're paying him $200 million. The, your options are let the guy who you're paying $200 million to be your franchise quarterback and presumably take you to the promised land. You don't give this guy that much money if you don't think he can eventually get you the Super Bowl or get you close to the Super Bowl. Your options are let that put the ball in that guy's hands, make a play, get to, to a position where you can win the game, or let a guy who's never made a field goal of this distance in his life kick what would be the second longest field goal in the history of the NFL and take that, to, which has to be like a, what, 25% chance he makes it at best? Uh, well, I mean, he's got a pretty good leg. And he does, but again, he's he 0 had, for 6 from that distance. Yeah, I mean, well, you do one, right? You would say like, there it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. argument again. There you go. I, I just, mean. I play the averages again. If he's missed all six in his life, I'm saying he's probably going to, I guess he missed five in all his life. I'm saying he's probably going to miss six. And that's, that's what happened. I just think it's a, it's a silly thing. You don't pay that guy all that much money to take the ball out of his hands. Let him make a play. Well, pick he up didn't the first it's down. Like get into the ball in his hands for the, for 95% of the game. But this is the one play. <laughs> this is what it comes down to. Like, like fourth and five, he's supposed to be the most clutch quarterback in the NFL. In this, I mean, more than likely though, you're, you're you're putting the, the the game in the hands of the or the foot of the kicker, regardless. Because if you get a first down there, with the way their offense was moving, they were probably going to have to kick a field goal. Well, yeah, but way, we now, can agree a forty-five yarder is different than a sixty. True, yarder. it is. It is. That's that's my whole point. It just seems like a 
the whole thing just seemed very odd. But it was great theater for Monday night. I mean, you and I were expecting kind of a dull-ass game. I was. I didn't, and it wound up being wildly entertaining. I knew right off the first drive, though, the way they moved down the field and that way that crowd was. I was like, this game is going to – I'm glad I didn't bet this because this is – yeah, this was – I underestimated how Seattle was going to handle this and how kind of pumped up they were going to be. And there's a whole thing, too, about, like, the uh, – everybody who lives in Seattle who writes about sports over there who's talking about, like, Kicking into that, what do they call it? Brewer. The, yeah, no, not not a not Jerry Brewer. Jerry Brewer. What I call him, C.J. Brewer? You're thinking of that's a basketball player. <laughs> yeah, you're combining uh, C.L. and Jerry Brewer, yeah. <laughs> which is not a good thing to do. Uh, but like, they talk about kicking into that. What is it, they call it the Hawks Nest. I guess. Yeah. You were. Yeah. There's some weird thing about like the design there, like the wind messes with it and all this stuff, and like the, the percentage of kids uh, of kickers who like kick 50 yards to that side of the field as opposed to the other side of the field is, like, markedly lower. So, I mean, again, I'm not expecting a, I guess, first. I was going to say I don't expect a first-year head coach to have done that research, but we're talking about billion-dollar. These, these are billion-dollar franchises. Cover every, Check every box. Cover every base. Like, I mean, have we, this stuff figured out. Have research a little bit. Let the record show, though, he had the distance on the kick. He did, but he missed it. I mean, well, I mean, that's – but he had the distance. But he missed it. As Cake would say, he went the distance. He's going the distance. He was not <laughs> going for accuracy. No, he went for speed. Yeah. <laughs> to follow along that line. He also, like, they, I didn't realize, like, McManus does this thing all the time where he, like, gets so pissed when coaches don't let him try these, like, 68 yarders or whatever. And they showed all the clips of his, like, attempts that were 63 yarders or more. And it's the same thing every time. It's low and it's left. Every single time. He just, like, you know, it's stop doing it. You yeah. got the leg. Cool. You can't make it. I mean, it's 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 it hurts Denver, especially when you're playing in the AFC East or AFC West, which is going to be a slaughterhouse grind grinder of a of a season, and, and it's a game you probably don't need to let slip between your fingers because it's a, a game that should be a win for you in a division where you could win ten games and may not even make the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's live and learn. Not, not a good look for me who picked Denver to uh, pull out the AFC West too. But they still might. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget uh, the Packers last year just got creamed in week one, like they did this year in week one, and went on and go went 13-3. and three. Yeah, and what was the year, like, when the Patriots were in the middle of their dynasty and, like, the Bills beat them 31-0 in the first week, and everybody's like, oh, my God, here we go. Probably. And then the, the Patriots ended up being awesome, and the Bills sucked. Like, they just – the results like that every year. I mean, they just yeah, don't make sense. You'll get it. I mean, the Patriots didn't look too good against Miami this week. Either. They didn't. Uh, how was – first of all, I was thinking about this last night. I haven't heard you talk about Friday Night Lights recently. I haven't. Have you bowed out a little bit, or you just? I paused on season three. You're taking a little break. I watched the first episode of season three, and I and I and I had I, I went away for whatever reason. I don't remember what got me. JD McCoy's face. Something something got my attention, and I haven't been back. To, a lot of it's to do with a little bit of anger. Season two, though, I think. Yeah, get past that because three, four, and five are great. Because it's it still kind of annoys me that I pretty much had no point and reason to watch season two at all. Like I could have probably skipped. Like I could have skipped the entire season and not missed a beat. A lot of it you could have. There are certain things that you yeah, you you need to have. I mean, you know, I know, I know. Obviously, the uh, the street the pregnancy thing is going to be a storyline. It's a storyline. And but outside of that, was there anything in season two that will be relevant beyond season two? Yes. Okay. But it's the, it's the worst season. They, they weren't able to tie in t- together the loose ends and all that stuff. But you need to push through. The J.D. McCoy stuff in season three gets really good. It's 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 a that's fun the quarterback, season. right? The, the freshman, yeah, the freshman, yeah, yeah, with the dad from yeah, that that that's kind of. I, I know he bought him like an icy machine or something. Which the J.D. McCoy stuff is is so far ahead of its time, and you'll find this out. But like you know, the helicopter dad and they, plus all the, the big the, Texas recruiters guys own like personal quarterback coach. Like that happens. It's everywhere now. I was surprised, and I think a little the season two mixed with the age thing that we discussed. Yeah, it's kind of it soured me a little bit right there off the bat. It was like, come on now, you're just 
Like you're forcing these kids into one more season just because what you didn't have. You like the characters. Yeah. And which is, I guess, I mean, you could, I mean, there's nothing you can't say. You can't tell me Riggins didn't fail a senior year. That's believable. Yeah. You, they, I mean, you don't have to like pretend like he's suddenly a senior again. I they mean, very clearly were going to squeeze one more year out of Riggins because Riggins became so popular with like the fans of the show. Well, he Understandably he's, so. He's one of the better characters. And so they were like, yeah, we're not going to get rid of Tim Riggins. So yeah, he's a sophomore in year one. He's just hanging out with seniors. He's that cool. I mean, uh, without spoiling anything that would happen beyond season three, like Riggins' brother, good guy, bad guy. I love I, Billy. I mean, he 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 dances on that borderline, man. He does. I mean, because you know he I, loves. Well, the thing brother. is, I can't answer without spoiling. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because but up to like this, well, I guess that would be kind of it's hard for you to do. To think There's about no way it. I can talk about without to like cap it. Yeah. To like, oh, yeah. what happened beyond season three, season yeah. one, episode one? Because I mean, right? I mean, he's you know he he hooked up with the, the milf that that he knew Riggins liked. You know, you know he clearly cares about him because he doesn't want him to be in touch with the dad, which is a good thing because the dad's a piece of poo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, yeah, I'm just, it's, he's a complicated soul. He is that. <laughs> it's the truth that, that being a good person doesn't always land on being black and white. The only there, thing I'll say. A, there's a big gray area in well, between. Yeah, that's the thing for a lot of shows. Yeah. One thing that I will say that doesn't give anything away is he, he becomes like a very high source of comedic relief. Like he gets very funny in the later seasons. Like he's, I mean, he's, he's somewhat He's kind of funny him, now, but yeah. he, gets, he gets very funny as the show goes on. Um, I tell you what, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sykes line if you got things to talk about. I want to get into the Scott Satterfield stuff coming up here. We also will break down the Louisville. Uh, I'm curious about that, too, because I don't know what you're referring to. I'll let you know. Uh, we'll we'll break down the Louisville basketball schedule. Quick note, though, Louisville-UCF. I saw this uh, ESPN put out their stats today from the second week of, of college football coverage. The highest, uh, the highest rated Friday night game on ESPN2 in nearly a decade. How about that? Really? Yeah. What was the one that was a decade ago? I wonder. Don't know. That'd been. I mean, we've had Friday night games multiple since then. I don't know. Not many on ESPN two though. Was wasn't our game in 2013 against them on ESPN two? I think it was on ESPN. Oh, was it? Okay. Because typically the Friday night game is just ESPN. But yeah, they had I guess, yeah, point, yeah. the only reason they didn't is because they had US Open tennis. The semifinals were Friday night. So you got, still going? It just it ended this weekend. Okay. Did the uh, the Alcatraz guy win? Alcaraz, yeah. Alcaraz from Spain. I remember seeing him tweet his name. I was like, what happened to Alcatraz? He's really good. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he beat my boy, Francis Tiafo, the American, uh, in the semifinals, and then he won the – he's 19, won his first Grand Slam. He's very good. All I know is uh, Jim Kelch between innings comments on the U.S. Open. Apparently, he's been he's obsessed with the U.S. Open. Oh, good. Like past Kel- games, he's, he's, like, he's like, we're talking tennis. He's giving me tennis trivia between innings sometimes. I like Kelch even more now. Yeah, he's a big tennis guy. Um, but that was the only reason why I was on. So, there haven't been that many on ESPN2 and Friday nights. So, that's uh, – so there's an asterisk in that manner, though. A little bit, but they've still had some big games over the years. The other thing that UK fans, I'm sure, are salivating to, to note is the UK-Florida game Saturday night had the most viewership uh, for a Saturday night game on ESPN since 2018. So people are desperate for college Ooh, football. The years. ratings are up, and they had 4.3 million viewers. The, uh, the the BYU-Baylor game had 2.4 million, which was the best late-night Saturday game that ESPN's had since 2016, which was a Texas-Cal game. And Pitt-Tennessee uh, had 4.5 million viewers, the highest-watched game on any of the ESPN networks this weekend, which was the second-most-viewed game of Week 2 across any network. Wait, wasn't Pitt wasn't it on ABC or something? But ESPN-ABC. Oh, well, but it's Same on thing. ABC. It's on I mean, four million on ABC is like eighteen. It's more million. than ESPN for sure. Yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah. You, you get more credit for that, or it's easier to get. It's numbers. way easier to get. Yeah. So it was the second most viewed game. Because CBS games, they're always the highest rated. Oh, Fox yeah, numbers, they're up. 
we had 1.8 million Twenty people to one have don't have you know you have for every 20 people only one has cable usually we had 1.8 million the espn two's most viewed friday night game since 2013 and their most watched regular season game since 2017 nice yeah because bowl games do ridiculous numbers it's crazy but what are you gonna do so props to everybody look is this a football state should John Calipari be stuck? I'd love it? to know the list of those games that, that, that is between now and the, the last yeah, one. That, you can Google it. You can, you I know can I can. It. I don't care that much. But is John yeah. Calipari fuming about this? The Ooh. ratings are up. When's the last time UK had a basketball game that was number one for for over five years on, on ESPN? It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's Duke, North Carolina every year. It's right. Well, yeah. God forbid they they make sure of that. I, they, what, I don't. I feel like they like, cooked the numbers on that one on the one top of it. They probably do. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. Cal's Cal's got to be mad. He he, he fully aware of this is now football school in Lexington. The last uh, one. One other thing that I, I mean, want to get to they, before they don't we, party well, like they do for oh, okay. uh, for football basketball wins like they do for football. That's wins. right. One, one other thing that we I want to get to before we take a break here. I don't know if you've even seen this, but there was a report from on three and. It was going to hurt my soul a little bit because we made fun of Texas. Everybody made fun of Texas A&M yesterday. I sent you the other Yale team yeah. video, Yale practice video last night. That was the same guy from the first week that does the the, the raising of the leg thing. Well, they all do it. Oh, okay. This guy, no, this guy emphasizes. Yeah, it. they all. It's a thing. Like they, yeah. if you watch any of the videos, they all do the same manner. It's it's super bizarre. It's very, not to disparage anybody who does, but it's very like mega no, churchy. No, no, I'm disparaging summer it. camp thing. <laughs> Am I wrong? It's. I, that, I, that's an interesting way of putting it. It's yeah. the way that it feels. Like they, they have these like weird sort of just like things that they only like only they do, and it doesn't make sense to anybody else. Knock on wood. But anyway, I never went to summer camp like that. But. Well, it's <laughs> mega church summer camp. Yeah, okay. The report from on three was that Ruben Owens was going to visit Texas A&M this weekend, and everybody was kind of like, oh boy, like this is A and M's got this big money. Say what you will about their nerdy yell team and their their awful cheers and their terrible jokes about Appalachian State. They've got a lot of money. We, we know this. Oh, yeah. And Ruben Owens also had stated previously he's not taking any more visits. So on three reports this, Ruben Owens quotes it on his Instagram and just says, I'm not going no more. Well, I mean, first of all, you should have known better not to trust on three. Exactly. We, we, they're, think, they're at it again, folks. I mean, we, we, I think we've established their, 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 their level of credibility. It's and, on P. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're out to get us. Uh, and, and second, if Ruben Owens was to visit them during one of their yells, that can't be nothing but good for us, right? You'd think, but he's not even going. I mean, of course he would want to go. He's probably saw the videos of him on Twitter and was like, I'm not going to those geeks. I like his Instagram story. It has th- that tweet quoted in him saying, I'm not going no more. And the very, which some people took to say, I'm not going to Louisville no more. I was like, come on, guys. No, he's, he's not going to the A&M for the visit. And the very next image that he has is like a, he shared like a UofL recurring thing where it's like all in the cards. Like he's, he's, he's going to he's, Louisville, he's Louisville. Just yeah. calm down. Got a tattoo for God's sake. For God's sake. Just please. <laughs> he's so good. But the videos are, are so good. Just get this guy here. Just just make this happen. Get get these Texas schools out of here. Don't make it happen. But, yeah, I, I did love, like, On3 had this whole thing where it was like, not only did they tweet out that Ruben Owens is visiting Texas A&M this morning, they have, like, a clapping emoji at the end of it as if they're, like, celebrating it, and they deleted the tweet today. I was like, Aww. oh. It feels so good to click on it and just see this tweet has been deleted. Like, suck it, On3. Get out of here. Get out of my face. Ruben Owens is coming to Louisville. I sometimes hate when I do that, and I'm like, well, I want to see what the tweet was. I, it's all the time. I'm like, somebody give me a screenshot. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a screenshot, right, somebody? What a week for A&M, though. I mean, they, they lose to App State yeah. as the number six team in America. They have these yell videos leak online. They try desperately to get them banned everywhere that they show up on social media, which makes people make fun of them even more. Um, 
And then Ruben Owens cancels his visit. I feel like there's something else that happened too. Well, Jimbo's a, a joke. They kept, they kept Jimbo Fisher as a coach. Yeah. I mean that's 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 bad enough as is. I mean, <laughs> who do they play this week coming up? Who cares? I mean, I'm, I'm curious what the jokes are going to be like at the Yale. There was also one of their players had a one of their recruits had a video of himself like driving very very fast in a parking lot or something like almost hitting and killing somebody which That's was a good. terrible look it, it's been a bad week for AM, is my point here they, oh. they're having a rough go of it and well has always been kind of like the stepchild of texas schools anyway they were in the sec yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> texas is coming too yeah i mean <laughs> who do they play this week they play oh they play miami at miami at home oh good it means we're gonna get a yell god oh good lord oh boy i've heard that i've heard the this the could, undertones on that the, one. The, 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 this might not be the most PC yell in America. There's the joke the for chain this. wearing. Like, oh, oh, no. The no. like, <laughs> is like, no, 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 no. Please stop. I can't wait to see what the uh, the, the deaf hand sang, sign language woman's going to do. It's going to be bad. I love the fact that I can't get past the obsession of having her there. Like, because he's telling these horrible jokes and watching her have to sign. It's the worst part of her week. things that he's saying. It's the worst part of her week. I don't, week. I don't think you've seen the movie PCU because I sent you the video. But I didn't watch it. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. But it's just it's just a small clip where David Spade goes off and he starts just, just basically using derogatory terms for a lot of minorities. And the poor woman, the silent woman, is making these, these really bad hand signals to try to say what he's saying to the deaf. It's... It's okay. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> anyway, suck it, AM. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, we're taking a break. When we come back, I apologize to Scott Satterfield for something. We'll talk a little bit more about his comments from today's press conference, and we'll take text from you at 502 414 1450. It's the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 The Big X. <laughs> back in. It's the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminding you guys about our friends at First Bankers Trust. If you have financial needs, First Bankers Trust, they've got you covered. They're not just doing investment management. They're also doing comprehensive financial planning, trust and estate services, and so much more. First Bankers Trust, they always put trust first. Find out more by going to firstbankerstrust.com today. Financial success starts with one thing. Trust. Trust. Second thing, Money. But first trust. Trust, then money. Step three, profit. First Bankers Trust. You know, you, know, you know how G.I. Joe say knowing is half the battle? The other half was trust. The other half, well, the other 55% was trust. It comes first. <laughs> That's right, my bad. Knowing who to trust was second. Other places, no. No. First Bankers Trust, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, 
here's I want to get to this with Scott Scott Satterfield. So Scott Satterfield, I'm intrigued. We could have played this audio. We have because we have the coaches shows now. He had the the show coaches show with Paul Rogers yesterday. That was on Tuesday. It was. Well, this was an interview with Paul Rogers. Maybe maybe this was a different coaches show. Ooh, Jack Harlow's trending. Uh, oh, yeah. Is. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you there. I got distracted slightly. It happens. Oh, he's up, I guess, for some hip hop awards. Okay. Uh, being nominated. Oh, being nominated for lyricist of the year alongside Keem. No, okay. Stop. stop. The, the, the coaches show was oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. <laughs> it's, it's typically Tuesdays, but because we play on Friday this week, it's all, it was yesterday. It was last night. Uh, okay, okay. So and, we were both right. I mean, no. I said it was yesterday. You're like, I thought it was tonight. But it was. <laughs> it usually is, but they play Friday. Both right. We can we could have this audio nine seventy WGTK. We have the shows here that would require you to do something, and that's not going to happen. But I did hear it on Maven and Rummage's show that has producers that cut audio. Shout out to Marcus and Steve. Shot at Trevor is what it was. I said shout out to Marcus and Steve. <laughs> yeah, shout out to them. Shot at Trevor. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, I didn't know the show was last night. I thought it was tonight. Well, it's part of the problem. It's not exactly a defense. It's like the Rick Pitino defense. I don't know what my assistants are doing. Well, part of the problem. Yeah, you know, Jack Harlow's trending. I, I just, in my, my mind is it a, is it a, is it a war? So Satterfield, we'll talk about his comments today because he did. The, today was the weekly press conference, and he and Brian Brown. Ooh, voice crack. <laughs> no coincidence. I'm already getting verklempt. When you said Brian Brown, there's not a coincidence there. By the way, <laughs> this is what having to give him credit does to me. My subconscious is still like. No, you can't do this. You're being too nice. No. Um, Brian Brown and uh, Lance Taylor spoke to the media after Satterfield today. But I want to talk about his comments from last night. So he was asked about, and you and I had a heated, not a heated, but we, we had a discussion about the fourth down decision in our, yesterday. In our levels, it's heated probably. Sure. I mean, we just, we had differing of opinions. And yeah. the text line, there was some, I think it's pretty much split, like 50-50. And, do I have a going for it on fourth down? Yes. Yeah. Going for it on fourth down late in the game, fourth and five, behind on, on our own side of the field, with a six-point lead and the defense playing well at that point. We were basically at the 50, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still on our side of the field, technically. technically. Yeah, okay. Fourth and five. And yeah. it's obvi- like, Admittedly, it's it's much easier for both sides to talk about this after the fact because on one, on one hand, you could say, like me, who didn't like the call, well, the play didn't work. Yeah. We, we gave UCF a short field and a chance to win the game. But you can also say on the other side, hey, the play would have worked if Marshawn Ford had just caught the ball. Or, you know, you said if Malik throws a little bit of a better pass. Like, we had the right play call. Technically, what more can Satterfield do? He can't go out there and throw the ball and catch the ball for his guys. He put them in, put them in a position to put the game away. That's what we want out of a coach. I, I, I understand both sides. I was adamant yesterday saying, and I, I'll preface my comments with this. I still would have punted the ball if I were him just based on the way the defense was playing. It's all about preference. But the way that he explained it, he explained it on his radio show, he did so in a way that made me see where he was coming from way more than I probably was before and and let me believe that I I should have have given him the benefit of the doubt more than I did. In a way I couldn't do, apparently. Yes. Okay. That's very, very fair. Because he is, I mean, we talked about the analytics. I tried. We talked about the analytics, and Satterfield's more of an analytical guy. And I was like, well, he, clearly he was going against the analytics here. There's a there's a, a Twitter account that like they look at situations just like this. Okay. Like when it's fourth down, should you go for it? Should you not go for it? Should you kick a field goal? Like, like what should you do based on all of the stats? And it said in this case, if you punt the ball, you have an 80% chance of winning. 
if you go for it on fourth down, you have a 79% chance of winning. So essentially, it's a it's a 50-50 toss-up. Give or take, yeah. Like, they're like, it, it was, you you couldn't make a wrong call in that situation. Because there was, what, like four minutes left in the game or there something? There was a, two and a half. Two, oh, was that much? I was thinking there was more than that. Yeah. So he, and Satterfield's explanation, I thought, was was good for this. He said, on one hand, we feel like, that we feel like, we felt like we had a play drawn up that was going to get us five yards. No. And, and if we do, we put the game away. But what he said that I had not taken into consideration was, if we don't get it, and they come down and score, we have timeouts at that point in time. We'll have a chance to go down there and kick a game-winning field goal. Okay. If we if we pin them deep with a punt and they march all the way down the field and they score then, they will have used so much time that there's no chance for us to go back and have a game-winning field goal. Like, because there's no way that they can go 90 yards unless it's like a, an 80-yard play in there. So he's like, I'm looking at it from that aspect. Like if, if they're going to give up a score anyway, we'd rather them do it with enough time on the clock that we can you – know, sorry, we felt like our offense, we had the, the right play calls. We felt like we could get into field goal range like we did against Virginia last year, and then James Turner just has to make it. The Virginia so, game is exactly what I was thinking about when you were bringing this up. And it does like, it, it does make a lot of sense. It's kind of like I love the analytical situations that college basketball coaches are starting to use more and more, namely you know, my nerd love for San Francisco. Um, they do this thing where – and it just, it, it's totally unconventional based on decades of watching basketball. But when they have a situation where, like, BYU, they played a game against BYU this year, and BYU had the ball with, like, 15 seconds left, San Francisco was up two, and they fouled. And you're like, well, that seems really, really dumb. Well, they fouled a 48% free throw shooter. The chances are better than, than not that he's going to miss at least one of those. And if he doesn't, you get a chance to go down there and win the game. Like, they were basically saying, like, it's, it's a team BYU that is better than us statistically at that point in time. If we go to overtime, we're playing them on their home floor. We have a less than 50% chance to win that game. We want to win the game in regulation. This gives us a better chance to win. Kid goes to the free throw line, makes the first, misses the second. San Francisco ices the game. They win. Like, it worked out perfectly well. And that's kind of the way Satterfield's looking at it here. He's like, giving them a short field seems dumb. But if they go down there and score on a long field, we've got no chance to answer. If they score in, you know, Five plays, one minute. We've got a couple of timeouts at this point in time. We've got a minute left to get the ball and get ourselves in field goal range, which we feel confident in our ability to do. But the, the big thing for him was we think we're going to pick up the first down. And, again, they probably should have. So while I still would have punted based on the defense being so good, nine straight stops going for ten straight stops, I there was no reason for me to be so over the top and thinking like it was a just complete dumbass take on the other side because he had a valid explanation for why he should have gone. So – you owe me apologies too, then. No, because your explanation was crap. No, <laughs> but but the point is, is that if you're apologizing to that under the situation, can forego. You're apologizing to me. Forego. Forego. <laughs> forego. I'm sorry to both of you. <laughs> Apology accepted. There you go. Um, Satterfield. Other things that he said today that I I thought were interesting. He. This was. Maybe one of the more insightful like press things that he's done uh, in a long time. The, maybe the biggest thing that he noted that we've you and I have kind of danced around. He said Travion Cooley's going to play against Florida State. He's going to you're going to see a lot more for of us him. For Florida State, instead <laughs> <laughs> of curiosity, for us. Okay, he said you're you're probably going to see a lot more of Travion Cooley against Florida State was his exact terminology, which. Any bit of Travion Cooley would be a lot more than we've seen because we haven't seen him at all so far this year. Has he been in trouble the first two games in some way that we don't know about? I think he was just buried behind three guys that had beaten him out for playing time. But oh, yeah. Jalen Mitchell, remember he had the big run, but he got hurt in that play. Ah, yeah. He is the he said um, he's kind of a question mark for this game. Which when Satterfield says a guy's a question mark, that typically over the last three years has meant he's not going to go or he's going to be 
dramatically hampered. So we'll see Cooley probably, what, three, four carries maybe? I would say that they like using him a lot out of the backfield to catch. I can see him being in the game to try like on any passing play, kind of like we've used Jawar Jordan a little bit recently. Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, but I mean, he'll have a chance. He'll, I mean, it make won't be plays. a large chunk. I think. I mean, Evans is obviously going to see. He wants Evans to get fifteen to twenty carries. So. He clearly thinks Evans is still the guy. And he and, and we talked about this when he had Hawkins. You know that he is. Well, he'll use some. You know, guys will get sprinkled in. You know, here and there as, as a change of pace. But he is going. He is not. More, he's more of a one back than the committee guy. When it comes to the numbers uh-huh. in the end. And when he has it. And then I think he has that in Evans. So, I mean, what did Evans have against Central? Didn't he have 17 carries? I think he had 19. He had 19? Okay. I think that's right. And even the Syracuse game, he had close to, I mean, well, I guess he didn't have as many, but he had the. But I think he, I want to say he had 15 against Syracuse. Syracuse I'm saying yeah. that without looking it up. Well, I, that's he had what, 13 against Syracuse, yeah. 19 against UCF. That was more of a product of the game, though taking him out of it then I think he my, my only problem with Tyon Evans and I still I still love myself think he's clearly the guy um, I, I do too I'm I'm, a, I'm an Evans fan my only problem with him was after he lost that fumble against UCF yeah he lost a little bit of a step I, I think he was focused so much on not giving the ball up again that he wasn't hitting the holes with the same intensity and it's understandable. It, you really noticed it when Jalen Mitchell did come into the game and hit a hole extremely hard and busted out that big run because it was like that's what Tyon Evans was doing against Syracuse and it's what he was doing at the beginning of this game. And I think right now he's more worried on like just just don't give it back, just don't do it again, don't don't make it happen again. Which we could have used a little bit more of that mentality from Hassan Hall the last couple of years, who would just refuse to have any sort of ball security even if he'd fumbled seven times in his last nine carries. But Tyon, you got to. At some point, you got to have a short-term memory. you, you got to put that behind you. you got to explode. Because if not, you got two guys, three guys playing behind you that are going to start stealing some of your carries. So would love to see him get back into that groove again. He only ended up averaging 3.9 yards per carry. I say only. It's not terrible, but it, it's not. No, 3.9 is not that great. Not I mean, great at no, the college level, for no, sure. Very bad. Well, yeah, very. It's not good at NFL level, but it's no. really not bad to get a college level, yeah. For comparison's sake, he averaged uh, 6.8 against Syracuse the week before. You want so you want him getting back there to – his only really long run in the UCF game was the play that he fumbled. So um, I did like a lot of the time. I mean, he was he runs with such – like he just blew a dude up on one play, which was, was awesome to see. And even the touchdown run, he breaks a couple of arm tackles, gets free. Like I, I've liked what I've seen, but we, he's got to be more consistent because you've got three guys yeah. behind him who also could be just as good, I think, I mean, given one, the opportunity. One positive is he is good. The, the I mean, whether it be positive for him or for, depending on what you look at it, but I don't see him leaving after this year. So, I mean, not so far, no. I'd be shocked. I mean, again, maybe he blows up the last part of the season and, you know, has like a Trey Sermon like into his end of his season that, that pushes him into the draft. Of course, Trey Sermon didn't have any choice but go because he was a grad transfer, but not the point. Is that that'd be the only way. Otherwise, I see him coming back next year, and which is good because then you can be, you know, the big chunk guy and then you can use Ruben Owens as more of your, your kind of change of pace guy, gradually move him into that role to where as a sophomore he takes over. Here's the exact quote from uh, Scott Satterfield about the running backs. He said, I think we'll probably see Cooley this week. I think he'll be back, and he's practiced well yesterday, practiced hard. I think he'll be there. I think you'll see probably more Jawar Jordan as well. I think he maybe had three carries last week. We're trying to get him a few more carries as well. So I do think Cooley will get an opportunity, which he hasn't really in the first couple of games. So I do think he'll be back out. So Has he had a he – no, he hasn't missed it. He hasn't played. He, he hasn't been on the field, which is – I mean, he say what you will about him – maybe giving the ball away or, or maybe not being as good as as Evans or Mitchell or, or Jawar Jordan, he has showed flashes of being like a big-time running back at point at various points in time. Like last year, I think he was our fastest back 
until Jordan started getting playing time late in the year. And the difference between his explosiveness and Jalen Mitchell's explosiveness was on full display every time he was out there. He just he's got to get better at finding holes. He's got to get better like you know all this. But he's got all the tools necessary to be a big time college running back. And I mean, I know we've kind of joked about or sort of glossed, danced around the fact that it seems like he's a very viable transfer option. I don't want him to go anywhere. Like, I, you, you want this guy in Cardinal Red and Black for as long as possible. I don't know if it's the fact that I just completely – only thing I remember from the bowl game is that we gave up like 500 yards passing to a team who had five yards passing coming in. But That's I understandable. Cooley had 92 yards and 19 carries that game. I forgot that too because, it, because <laughs> like you, every other memory is clouded by the fact that Air Force threw for like 16,000 like, yards. Because I was just thinking, I was like, when's the last time Cooley had a carry? And, and the, I mean, now, granted, before the bowl game, he had two for negative three against UK. Not great. No. But, but nobody won. Yeah, I mean, it's probably he probably wasn't even the worst running back on the team that game. But, yeah, the Air Force game, I completely – I mean, I had I had no idea. I completely forgotten about it. I had to. I, I honestly would not have remembered it if you hadn't said it. I mean, and also, I, I keep forgetting sometimes that we only lost that game by, like, three or four. I mean, yeah, when I told you it was 31-28 the other day, you were like, what? I thought we lost by, like, 20. In my mind, we got beat 63 to nothing. The other thing that, that Scott Satterfield said today is he was – this was ra- this sort of like surprised that. me a little bit. He was critical of Malik Cunningham, and he's been somebody who – Really? When he's got a upperclassman standout, like a lot of coaches, he'll kind of – You'll protect them a little bit, right? Like you know, we know he's the guy. Like we're not worried about that. Like he'll he'll do that. He got asked about you know what the the balance of wanting Malik to run and you know get those yards and design runs and all that, but still develop into more of a pocket passer. Because you know you and I talked a lot about yesterday. We abandoned what was supposed to be the season long game plan in week two. You know, Malik going to be more of a pocket passer. We're going to have more of a traditional running game. They came out against UCF the first drive, and it was Malik design run, Malik design run, Malik design run option. Like they very clearly were like, he's not getting it done just throwing the ball, and we're not getting it done just traditional run game. We got to go back to what makes him great. And so Scott Satterfield got asked today, you know, what 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 has to happen for you to be able to do to play the way that you wanted to going into this season? He said. Well, Malik's got to throw the ball better. There's no question we had some plays the other night we could have hit and extended some drives. He was excellent in the run game, did a great job with that, and had some big plays. The long touchdown run really got us into the game and kind of broke the game open, but we do have to throw the ball better. There's no question about that. I think utilizing our receivers more, getting Wiggins more involved, getting Amari Huggins-Bruce more involved, and Tyler Hudson getting some opportunities and some touches, getting some other guys involved like Marshawn Ford, we tried to get forward the ball last week against Central Florida, and I think we did a few times, but really trying to spread the ball out. Braden Smith as well. So there's opportunities out there. We just have to take advantage of them. Malik has to continue to work, and hopefully it will happen this week and we'll be able to open it up and get the pass game going. That's fairly could've, critical could've of Malik. played that comment and replaced the names of the receivers every week for the last, like, three years. He's not wrong, though. I mean, I, it, No, he is right. I mean, you need – It's just surprising to hear him at, say at, it. At this point, though, I mean, I just don't know how – it's hard to have hope that he's going to – that there's some kind of switch that's going to click in his head at some point. I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, I'm not I'm not. I mean, you can say I'm being mean to Malik all you want, but I mean, it just is what it is. He is what he is. I mean, and he's not. It's if you want to be successful, I mean, you can't just make him be something he's not, which is a pocket passer or a an offense that is going to be predicated by the pass. It's not going to happen. This is. You know, you, he's going to have to be a guy that's going to run the ball probably as many times, if not as, as more than he – point being is Malik, Malik Cunningham shouldn't be throwing the ball more than 20 t- attempts in a game. Eh, I just if, he, if he is, I feel like Lil was probably losing that game. He, I mean, he's thrown more than 20 pretty much every game he's ever played. Like, that's – you forget, we're, we're getting like 72 snaps in most games. 
That's I mean that's <laughs> that, that's a that's a run past disparity that nobody has in college football. I think that's that's way too low. And we have a losing record. No, well, but <laughs> but not in games. I mean that is not the issue. Why the offense might, more times than not has not been. Yeah, he's never had a game where he's thrown fewer than twenty times. How many how many did you have in the last game? Twenty twenty five. Twenty nine. The issue is he's not completing at a level like he has. I mean, the only time he hasn't is we've been two games against UK, is where he's thrown the ball less than twenty times. So maybe not the best example. Um, no, man. Yeah, and we'd do anything right against UK. Uh, the The issue is he's. I, I see what you're saying. He, he's never going to be Peyton Manning. He's never going to be like a traditional pack, pocket passer. The problem is he's been better than he has been the last two games. Well, yeah. I mean, he, like, he needs to be better. Yeah, he does need to be better than he's been the last two games, yes. He but. has a career 65% completion rate. He completed 14 of 29 against UCF, and it wasn't like every throw was him under duress and him just, you know, not not hitting guys. Like, he had open guys. The, 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 the third down play that I was talking about yesterday where he's got Braden Smith going across the middle, he just hit that throw the series before. All he has to do is complete it. The game's probably over, and he short hops it. And he had a clean pocket. He had plenty of time to throw. It's just a throw that you've got to make as a 15th year quarterback. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trusting him going through reads, though. Like, I, I mean, if I'm Satterfield, I mean, it's a one read run offense still with me. I mean, one, one, one wide receiver one's not open, run with it. Maybe, maybe a two read and run. Well, I think that's been the problem. But no, the problem is sometimes he just, he, he gets jumpy in the pocket and wants to throw the ball and is afraid to run, like you saw against Syracuse. I don't think that's what we saw against there. I mean, he he ran a bunch on designed pass plays. I think the issue with that most people had was he was locking on to Tyler Hudson, and the second Hudson wasn't open, he was just taking off. Like he's got to, I think he's got to go through his progressions. You got to trust the offense a little bit, and he's done a better job of that in recent years. Uh, I think that was a lot of the issue in 2020 that people had with him was locking onto one guy and then being too willing to just get out there and just try to scramble and make something happen. It, it's good from time to time because he's clearly a great athlete, but we're not beating anybody of note moving forward with him completing less than 50% of his passes. And he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet. It's He just has not been there the way that he has been the last couple of years. And it, it's got to get better. I mean, Satterfield said it. I agree. I, I, I know this week because Florida State got shredded by the, uh, the LSU quarterback running did they? the ball. Oh, running. Yeah, run, well, running the ball. I mean, I, I mean, throwing the ball a little, not as much. But, I mean, he ran for over 100 yards on him. Jaden Daniels did. And Malik's been Jaden Daniels is a good athlete. I think probably Malik's probably a better, small, slightly better athlete. But I mean, the the weird thing about the the Florida State game last year was that was the game I think everybody expected Malik to just run. We threw the ball forty times against Florida State last year, and Malik was good. I mean, two hundred sixty four yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he ran it uh, fourteen times for fifty six yards, another two touchdowns. But we that was the, his career high in, in attempts was against Florida State last year. We put up thirty one points. We beat them on their own field um, in twenty twenty. He threw the ball 24 times. It was more balanced, but he didn't need to throw it more because we beat the absolute piss out of him, 48-16. to 16. Um, he, he, like, he has not run the ball for that high of a, a yardage against FSU in, in any of his three starts, but he has thrown it against them effectively. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, even the year before, 286 yards passing against FSU when we lost 35-24, to 24, two touchdowns, ran it 17 times for five yards. So, the, And that was the – we were in that game on the road, probably should have been – a little bit closer, but he's thrown the ball really well against FSU. He has not run it that well against FSU. It'll be interesting to see if that continues or if, if you know, Satterfield says, look, our game plan against UCF worked better than our game plan against Q's. We're going to go out there and do that thing. I mean, like you said, if LSU was able to run it effectively with their quarterback against him, maybe we can find some stuff that they did effectively and, and mimic that. 
Uh, we'll find out. We, we've got to, we'll see. There it is. Uh, we, we, we've First got, one of the week. We've got two more hours left. Uh, next hour, we'll get to the Thornton sex line. We'll also touch on this UofL men's basketball schedule that's out. We'll pick TK's brain about all that good stuff. It's coming your way in hour number two. Keep it locked right here on 1450 AM, 961 FM, The Big X. the offer one version but this is okay I promise you and after all that's been said and done you're just a part of me I can't let go should have, saved, should have done the therapist segment this segment I, should, I know I thought you kind of did that because of that oh, well it worked out for me there's a theme today though you said there is okay Maybe you'll get it as we get deeper into the show. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Uh, second hour, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take some thoughts that you guys have been sharing throughout the show. Uh, and then we'll move on and talk about the U of L men's basketball schedule, which was released today. A lot of going on today. Nice I need, I need to study that. I glanced at it. I skimmed it. Didn't really break it down completely yet. Oh, nice. So I, I feel like I said that for you. Um, this is a KRC text. Ooh, already? I'm putting a hold on. Wait, our first but it text- involves you. Okay. <laughs> our first text shouldn't probably be a KRC text, but I'll take it. This person has a box, I guess, available for huh? Keeneland. Okay. Thursday, October 27th. And he says, does Trevor have a sports coat? My box is still open if you boys want it. Let Scoots experience all the glorious sights that Lex Vegas has to offer. Stop calling it Lex Vegas. And I hate when anybody adds Vegas to inner city. Nash Vegas. Lou Vegas. What's the one in the Ox? What's the one in Mississippi? Stark Vegas. Stark Vegas, yeah. They put it on their freaking court. It's, it's, it's. I hate, yeah. It's, it's done. Don't, no, no, no. It's done. done. Stop doing it. Good, yeah. You do own a sports court, though. I do. Yeah. But I've never been to Keeneland. You've never been to Keeneland? <laughs> no, I knew that was going to get a shock. Really? I have been to, obviously, been to Churchill Downs. And I've been to what's the one in Chicago? Um, there's one jet. Not, what, what? Oh, the, is it the fairgrounds? No, the one. No, the 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 the, the track in race track in Chicago. It's not the Aqualung or Aqueduct. Not, not Aqueduct. Aqueduct. It's something. It's got a name similar to it's, it's, Arlington. Yeah, that's that. Okay. Yeah, because there's Arlington saying, and there's I Hawthorne. It, I, I was it, like, I, knew, I hope it's not Hawthorne. No, no, I knew it's sure the name was like a baseball stadium. Okay. Or yeah, I knew it had something Arlington. Yeah, I've been to that one. I only been there once and. Someone pulled a fire alarm, and we had to go, like, we were up in the upper level, and we had to walk all the way down the stairs with my poor grandfather, who would go on to pass away, like, two years later as well. Uh, was not yet. It sucked. But that was my only time even at that one. So that's the only two racetracks I've been to. It's not a big horse racing guy. I I said this on Twitter, and I think this is, like, the first time TJ and Nick were, like, legitimately mad at me. Keeneland, it's great when you're in college. It's a little overrated when you get a little bit older. I'm sorry it is. Like, it's just... It's great when you're in college. It's a so great you're place. Saying to like Keeneland sucks. No, I'm not saying that. I, I enjoy, think you say Keeneland sucks. I enjoy Keeneland. <laughs> it's a little bit overrated from people that are in Lexington. Oh, you're, are you saying it's trashy? No, 
Well, <laughs> the problem with the the Lexington crowd is like they're like, oh, Churchill Downs is so trash. Like look at these people around it. Just because you're like wearing a sundress and blacked out and falling down in public urinating, like wearing a, a suit or wearing a you know polo and and dress pants, doesn't make it classy. Like well, that's the whole thing. That's the place. That's the point. I've been to a lot of classy places. We brought we brought one of our friends from Dayton, who's from Milwaukee, to Keeneland for a weekend. We were visiting friends at UK, and he got arrested for public urination. Like we're like following him, like in the cop car. He's like holding. He's, like, it looks like a scene from like Blow, where he's like he's like hands are like pressed. You know, against you can the be charged window. like a sexual predator for that. Can you really? Yeah. If you if you if you can you can be. Well, uh, thankfully, he wasn't. I mean, that's that's kind of a bad thing where yeah, you can if you get caught urinating in public, you can be uh, tagged a sex offender. My thing with Keeneland, Keeneland was very fun in college. I loved going. I understand the allure of like tailgating at Keeneland, especially when you've got a football night game in the fall. Like that's awesome. Like I will never crap on that. As an adult, I've gone to Keeneland several times. I've never had nearly as much fun. It's just, it's too crowded. It's impossible to get a drink. I suck at gambling at Keeneland. That's maybe a big part of the reason there. I cannot win at Keeneland. Their morning line odds suck. I don't know if it's, I don't know who's setting those, but it's awful. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's I've just. I've never okay. heard you have so much hatred for one place. No, that's not true. I could. I, I hate I, lots of places. If I didn't way more know better. Keeneland was in was in Winston Salem. No, I <laughs> I hate Winston Salem more than I hate Lexington. <laughs> I mean, Lord. Texas says, "How about an AJ Johnson update of the day with the Game of Thrones intro instead of the DJ Wagner one?" Today's not the day to do that. No, he's he's being heavily hit by Texas, is he not? And that's the last school. I mean, besides, I guess UK, who. I don't like AJ Johnson. For those who didn't know, took a visit to Austin this past weekend to visit yeah, Texas. I say, if you didn't know, you should be ashamed because I knew it. Yeah, tr- Trevor knew. If Trevor knew a recruiting kid. You bit, should know. You didn't. You should just be like, you should just go hit your head against the wall right he now. He referred to the visit as "quote lit." I saw that. Yeah, that's still good, right? Still good. Well, I mean, good not for, for us, not for us, but, but yeah. for Texas. Yeah, yeah. For Texas. My 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 issue is Chris Beard and recruiting does not lose much when he goes all in. Does not lose much. I'm a Chris Beard fan. So. And when he was at Texas Tech, it was always under dubious circumstances. I, I think I've told the story before, so I don't mind telling it again. We had two guys coming in. I think it was Samuel Williamson and Jamias Ramsey came in the same weekend, like three or four years ago, when Beard was still at Texas Tech. And it was the weekend where they got, like, we had a bunch of NBA guys in town. They got to play pickup at the Kieber Center with Donovan Mitchell. I think Russ Smith was here. I think Pate Steven was here. It was like, like they opened it up to the public. Like, it was a huge crowd. And they were like, I remember talking to people who were on the staff at the time, and they were like, dude, like Sam loves it. Like we, we locked him down. It's good to go. And I'm like, well, Ramsey's tweeting great things too. He's taking this picture with Donovan Mitchell. Like that has to be a good thing. He's like, oh, he's going to Texas Tech. Like it, it was done before he got here. And the exact quote I got was, they're offering him things that we cannot. And that was as simple as it was. And Chris Beard kind of had that reputation for a long time in Lubbock with like when he's going for a guy, when he's going after a dude, you're not going to beat him for that guy. Which is weird because I don't remember him getting any major recruits in Lubbock. They would get like their two best. I mean, players Ramsey were, was a five star guy, but like, yeah, their two best players, Culver and the other kid that left as a freshman year board, they were both like three two star local kids. Yeah, and they got the, the one kid who was the one and done. Well, they had two back to back one and dones. Ended up being he was like a four star prospect. They both in the same prospect. They both came in the same class. Culver, it was it was, it was Jerry Culver and another kid, and the one kid left after his freshman God, year. What was his name? And Culver came back for his sophomore year, but they were both from Lubbock. And Goldberg was a two-star. I, I remember because I've looked this up before, I don't, which surprised me. I thought he'd be a better NBA player than he has been. But yeah, he was he limited athletic. True, that's a good point. But he came back. So yeah, it was who was the name? The uh, they came in the same class though. They had Tariq Owens, who was a big deal at the time. I can't remember the the other kid. It's it's driving me crazy now. 
Um, he was a first-round draft pick. I know. The Hawks took him, I think. Zaire Smith. Yes, thank you. The yes. Suns took him. Suns took him. Okay, yeah, but it was yeah, that was they were, but they were both. Zaire Smith wasn't more than probably a three star. I mean, he was a he was a he was higher rated than Jerry Culver. Yeah, well, that's not hard to do. Culver was bo- almost borderline walk on, and he was like a freak athlete type yeah. dude. And he ended up he wasn't supposed to be as good as he was, but he was he was one of those guys that. But they that's what I'm saying, man. I don't know. Maybe he did get other recruits that were bigger, but like. I guess what I'm saying his two best players weren't even big recruits, so I don't remember him ever getting like a big four or five star kid there. That well, Ramsey was that was that type of guy. Would like, he been okay? Like or, he was you know. he was one of the higher rated recruits that he got. It was rare that they like would lock onto a guy. They mostly did it with and we found this out firsthand too with transfers. I mean, you know, Marcus Carr at Texas has been a big one recently. Certainly Tyrese uh, you know, Walker, the guy that we were trying to get from Iowa State. Um, yeah. Well, you can. Rec- it's easier to recruit when you're at Texas and you can't Texas Tech. I mean, for sure. But they were. Like, I mean, you shouldn't be able to get anybody at Texas Tech, and they were getting guys down there that they have not gotten uh, all time. Yeah, Jamias Ramsey was number thirty in that class. It looks like the. Yeah, it looks like I was going to say. Uh, is, is Brandon Francis is listed as thirty first. He was not great. But and then he had another kid that was forty fifth. Those are the two first rank according to reference page when they do their thing. That was the first two like top hundred kids he he got, and, mm-hmm. and that was in 2018-19 class. And he got Matt Mooney, who was a big time transfer. Yeah, and then, at that time. And then yeah, there's Ramsey number thirty, Shannon eighty one, Chris Clark sixty one. Then he started getting a couple of them here and there. My point is, I don't like that we're going head to head with Chris Beard right yeah, now. Yeah, at Texas on top of it, I I kind of agree with you. If we're one. not going to get to uh, DJ Wagner, which now looking you, great, you've lost all confidence in. I have. I fully admit. Yeah, would love to be proven wrong. There it is. There's the, the, a, a rare basketball one. We've, can't wait to can't wait to prove you wrong. We've been it. saving that for football mostly. AJ Johnson seemed like he's going to be the guy, and I like what we're doing with the rest of the class now. We have a little bit of of momentum there. I think Curtis Williams. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Is going to commit to us a week from. Well, I guess not a week from. In six days, when he announces his commitment on September nineteenth, I feel good about that. I, it sounds like the Isaiah Miranda vid- visit went well over the weekend. I think Will was in good shape with him. Good. You've got Caleb Glenn locked in. You mm-hmm. still need, though, even if you get these guys, these are all like four-star guys, kind of like back end, yeah. like that 50 to 70 range. Need a top team. You, uh, you, you need a five-star yeah. to really just bring this thing home to sell the fan base on, I'm the type of recruiter that you thought you were getting, right? Whether it's Johnson, Wagner, or somebody else. Bradshaw, I mean, I, I don't know what was going on with him. It seems to have quieted on that front a little bit. You need somebody of that ilk, no, a, a top 15 type guy, yeah. that you can say, this, this is the type of play that we're getting. We haven't gotten this type of guy before in the, the program history. I'm going to be that dude who can get you these types he, of players. I don't even want to – I hate to say the thing. He doesn't. Whoever it is, it doesn't even have to pan out. But as from right now, going into this year, you do have to have it. But like Mac getting Williamson. I mean, you've got, or a gay hunt at the time. Or yeah, I mean, but Williamson was a McDonald's All American. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, he was a he was a five star recruit. You know, he was he, he was a name. I mean, obviously, we know in hindsight it didn't work out as well, but and that's is is what it is. But, but you've got to get that name. Yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent because if you don't get Wagner, you've got to get at least one five star kid. Otherwise, I mean, not to, to still quote from Doctor Evil, you gotta throw him a freaking bone, man. This is the promise, right? I mean, right? you got to do it. I mean, that's because the people who not are just are, are pro pain and are have been backing pain and been supporting him and been fighting against the naysayers for him. That's their whole like just do thing in politics. That's their whole like that's that's their whole campaign is built on. Right, is getting five star kids. Maybe and if you can't get plural, that's fine. That's one thing. 
I'm not saying down the road it, it won't become plural, hopefully. But initially, you've got to get at least one. If you don't get one, I mean, what, what do you left us? I mean, obviously. The fan base's big concern when you hired Kenny Payne was obvious and understandable. The man's never coached a game before, right? And if, and if you don't get one, you get your banking more on having to have more success on the court in your one. Exactly. It has, I've, I've said this exact same thing. Yeah. You got one or two routes to keep the fan base satisfied for the season ahead. One, killed in 2023, show everybody that better days are coming, that you're going to be pulling in top five, top ten recruiting classes on an annual basis. Yeah. Two, if that's not happening, if you lose D.J. Wagner and you're getting just kind of like a class that looks a lot like the classes that Louisville has had historically, maybe even a little bit below, you got to dramatically overachieve on the court. If neither one of those things happen, it'll be nice to have some momentum with 2024, but we were sold. Would just making the tournament be considered overachieving? Yes. Okay. Without no matter where you're without seated. Question. No matter yes. where you're seated, would you just yes. make the tournament? Okay. I, I know not everybody I has that expectation. Partially agree with that. I do. With everybody kind of nationally predicting Louisville to have an around 500 or slightly below 500 type season, I think that, I mean, Louisville's going to be picked, just prepare yourself for it. We will be picked to finish in the bottom six of the ACC. And nobody's going to disagree with that. Nobody, we're going to be in zero preseason bracketologies. Nobody's going to expect Louisville to make the NCAA tournament. If they make it, that says to me, this guy knows what he's doing. The staff knows what they're doing. We don't need three DJ Wagners in every class to be nationally relevant. He can build this program his way. And if we get a couple of those guys moving forward, whenever this NCAA stuff ends in 2072 or whenever, then great. But right now, in this moment... When DJ Wagner's grandkids come in through. Exactly, yeah. The, the next Wagner that we're convinced we're going to get who somehow goes to John Calipari, 95-year-old John Calipari back at UMass. Um, I, you've got to appease the part of the fan base that had doubts. And the doubts were, I think, well-founded. Were a top, I'll say it again, top six program. Indiana's below us. Suck it, Indiana. Top six program all time. And we keep moving up over the year. We're hiring a lifelong assistant who's never coached a game and who I, I think, you know, I, I get the Denny Crum comparisons we had. It was a different time. If you didn't have concerns about that, then, then so be it. The faction of the fan base that did have concerns, those concerns were alleviated by, hey, if you're giving up the experience as a head coach, you're getting this elite recruiter. That's what Jimmy's and Joe's above X's and O's. He's going to be a fine coach. Even if he's not, though, he's going to have too much talent to fail. And if that's not panning out in this first recruiting class, I think if it goes hand-in-hand, like you said, with a underachieving season again where the team is, you know, the record looks a lot like last year and there's just not a whole lot of hope for the, the, the four months through the winter, then I think people start to get a little bit a little bit worried. It'll be great. I like the, you know, the, the five-star kids that we're in on in the 2024 class. It seems like a good start. But – you're asking people to wait a long time if that's the case. And I, I don't know how much the IRP is impacting this. I assume it is at least a little bit, but it should not be affecting the 2023 class to a point where you're not even making pulling together like a top 15 class. You're, you're not pulling together a Chris Mack type class. And that's, I'm a little bit worried. Let's, let's get AJ Johnson. Get it done. Get somebody. Get a, get a five-star kid. Get these other kids. Kenny. Come on, Kenny. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird, Kenny. I'm just saying. We're not starting that. Kenny, I'm all I'm saying. Be Bellerman first. All I'm saying, Kenny, is you got to get a five star. I'm not asking. I'm not saying you got to get DJ. Be nice. I'm not saying you got to get Bradshaw. I'm not saying it has to be definitely AJ Johnson, which would be also really spectacularly cool. cool of you. Very cool. But you got to get one. If you don't get one, Kenny, you're gonna make it weird. It's gonna be a little bit weird. And don't make it weird. Texas, did you see the uh, Bob Stoops cameo message for Brian Ferentz? 
I have not. Who's Brian Ferentz? I assume it's some kin of Kirk. <laughs> kin of Kirk. <laughs> Be a cool movie title. I think I'm gonna name my band. I'm gonna start a yeah, band. He's, he's, my band is gonna be called Ken of Kirk. He's he's Kirk's son. He's the offensive coordinator at Iowa. Okay, who so, has produced 14 points in two weeks. So let me get this straight. Someone paid for a cameo of Bob Stoops to send this guy a message. I want to play this, but I, I I don't know what it says. It's only 30 seconds. I'll just play it during the break. And if it's funny, we can play it during the next. Episode. I mean, the fact that someone did a cameo to do that. To, I mean, that alone is is pretty funny in its own right. It's great. When's last year? When has, have you had any cameos recently? I've the cameo business has slowed. Is it dry? <laughs> Since the players were allowed to join cameo, the, the Mike Rutherford requests have gone downhill. Makes you feel better. I'm still waiting for my one request, even though I'm not on cameo. Yeah, That's I'd okay. do a cameo for somebody. Have you ever bought a cameo for somebody? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's it, it's a great product. I mean, it it's, is. It's such a simple idea. I don't know how like one of us didn't think of it. I've, I've done two. I did one. I get my well, my buddy who turned fifty. I got um, Anthony Munoz to do. He's a big Bengals fan. I did him an Anthony Munoz cameo last year, and I did a Jake the Snake Roberts cameo for my fantasy football league. I had him talk trash to the league for me. Yeah, it was it was worth it. It was pretty fun. The best part about it is I should show you this video someday. He's he's talking trash to my buddies, cussing out a storm, and it appears he's in like an art museum. Like there's art behind him. It looks like he's in some fancy place, and he's like making like uh, small Johnson references to the people in my league. <laughs> he's like, it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Texas Riggins' brother is a guy. He is a guy. He's just a, I love Billy Riggins. He's just a guy. Well, I know he's a, he's guy. a guy. Texas, why do we always play? Uh, we'll get to the schedule we'll talking in a second. Yeah. Texas, Mike, the word you're looking for. For TM, TAMU is cultish. Yeah, it is. It, it's very cultish. It's a weird thing. And I like the, there are a couple people who like when the Appalachian State video got out there were like, I'm an Aggie. This is this does not define all Aggies and all this stuff. Like uh, most Aggie fans don't agree with this. I'm like, that statement doesn't really resonate when you've got 35,000 people in the stadium for a yell practice the night before a game against App State. Like that's your culture. That's who you are. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not even like, I, I don't think it's, the App State jokes are like demeaning or like in poor taste or like, you know, we're not trying to be, it's just lame. It, like, that's my issue is it's just, it's super nerdy. The only good thing about um, Texas A&M is they have a, a cool doggy for a mascot. They do. Revelay rules. Yeah. I don't know the name, but it's a cool. I, I love doggies. So. I remember it because I saw somebody show me a message board post. I never understand why it's a dog, but it is. Somebody showed me a message board post from the Texas A&M site that was like, <laughs> Revelay is a very good judge of character. Somebody please get video of Jimbo meeting Revelay for the first time. And uh, both sides. I'd like to see Revelay's reaction and Jimbo's, please. As many shots as possible. I was like, is this a bleeping joke? Are you kidding me? It's a bleeping dog. Um, hey, now, dogs, don't, don't be mean to the dog. The same text says, what cult would Trevor lead? <laughs> like, like, like real cult or like made up cult? I don't know if you could be a cult leader. You think I, I could be a cult leader? I think he'd struggle with a cult leader. You think I could convince people to drink the Kool Aid? The lack of, you, you got to be on point to be a cult leader. You got to be very consistent. No, you just got to be charismatic. That too. You've got to be, you know, I mean. I can see you joining a cult. No, no, I couldn't. I, no, I, I question too much to join a cult. I'd drop the cult leader insane. He'd that, probably. True. I'd probably be the one like, I don't. Do we really got to take our shoes off? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tell me uh, again about this. You just ask the same question over and over every day, forgetting what, forgetting excuse, what was excuse, said. Excuse me. When, when, can, when can I go watch some TV? No, t- we have we have a banned TV. 
Why? <laughs> what even is a comet? Yeah. <laughs> what goes into a comet? I would, I think How I would, do you think the dinosaurs were extinguished? I feel like I'm the only person who would get thrown out of the cult. Like they're just like, get out. That's actually more right. They're tossing me out the door. <laughs> I'd be the one at the gate going, guys, can I come back in yet? I'm cold. Do we have any ecto cooler? <laughs> yeah. Why does the Kool Aid have to be red? <laughs> ecto coolers. <laughs> um, did, you, did you have those when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I didn't know if they were before you were, they were gone by you or not. They're great. Yeah, I remember them. Text that I would have waited until tomorrow, but just in case I can't get through, I'm still waiting on that call from Dugan Ryan. Uh, I mean, he told us yesterday. He told us. The man gave us his word. Stronger than oak. Dugan, get up on it, buddy. Dugan, make it happen. Come on. Text this from Lance Taylor's comments today. It sounds like he scripts, drives his quote, uh, I have to do a better job scripting more touches for the other wide receivers early. I've got to do better at that. We've discussed that as a staff. Well, if he's scripting the first drive, then he doesn't need to change anything because that was well, most coaches Fantastic. do. Yeah, I, I, if that's if that's some, what's happening, some script as much as the first three or four possessions. I think that's what he's saying. He does. Which, if that's true, then yeah, first drive was great. The other three drives that he scripted were not. But he's saying he needs to script. He needs to do a better job scripting to get more touches for more wide receivers. Which, yeah, we would love to spread the ball around a little bit more. But guys got to get open, and Malik's got to get in the ball. Simple pretty as straightforward. That. Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty easy as that. Texas says. Satterfield is so fake juice. Grab the Windex set. Clean the Schnelli Center windows. What are you talking about? <laughs> fake juice? That can't do anything right for some people. What's, is fake juice a thing? Yeah, it was, it was a Charlie Strong thing. Oh, I don't remember that. He, his, his quote about like when guys would come out and like be like thumping their chest and screaming, but they like weren't really ready to play. He's like, it was just fake juice. Oh, yeah. that sound like Tarzan play like Jane type thing? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Is that not PC to say? No, I think it's, I think it's fine. Okay, cool. I think that's okay. <laughs> we'll find out shortly <laughs> Trevor Kelsey let go from Texas what's the over under on a special teams touchdown this weekend well we've only had three touchdowns in two games so I'd say it's I'd say the over under is low we had a kick return for a touchdown since Zeke Parker yeah we had the, <laughs> I mean, the Corbin Lamb against Miami in the first game of the ACC Trent Guy had the one against the, the punt return against Memphis Trick out, a, trick out a few punt. We've had punt returns for touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, Roddy, uh, who's, who's the kid from Trinity? Burns. Um, Roger Burns. Roger Burns, thank yeah. you. Had one. Had, had a couple a few years ago. Okay. But so, kick returns, I mean, it's so rare that you have kick returns. I think Cor- I mean, Corbin Lamb, I know, had one in 2014 against Miami. I mean, I, I wasn't half. kidding. Zeke Parker, I know, had one against. Well, Zeke Parker's way before Corbin Lamb. I know, but I just, I know the reason I remember Zeke Parker's was because it would open the fourth quarter, and when he did it, I got excited, and I jumped up, and I kicked over my beer, and the beer sales had stopped, and I got all depressed. That's that's a bad moment. And the woman in front of me was like, felt so bad, she pulled out a canned beer out of her purse and gave it to me. I was like, thank you. Now, I think... That was like circa 2002, 2003, though. Yeah, that's a long time. I think Hassan Hall had one a few years ago. Okay. And I, I mean, know... I don't know if there's many in between what I'm get, telling you, though, and, and now. I mean, uh, Jawan Spillman had, had at least one when he was here for just... Was it him years. or his cousin? It's not his brother, Dante, who's not his brother. <laughs> Um, I, I, I almost am positive Hassan Hall had one. I think when he was like a freshman. Isn't this something we can Google? Where's Kelly Dickey with this one? He should know this. I feel like Louisville kick return touchdown. I would say in the last probably 30 years, we've had less than five. I had five or less. Travion Samuel had one in 2015. Really? That was against Clemson, I think. Because I missed it because I was going to pee. I was very upset. <laughs> 
Okay. That was the game that uh, Kyle. Uh, your, your story of why you remember that one is not as good as the one I it remember. Wasn't. It wasn't. Fun. Yeah. My... I saw Hall did have one in 2019. Okay. Against Wake Forest. I'm. A, I don't remember those. I remember the trip. Like I said, the trip on Sammy. One. I remember yeah. hearing it from the urinals. Um, the urinals. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? It's like I think it was the only offensive touchdown we scored in the whole game. Too. I feel like it's got to be a bad situation because if everybody's lined up in the urinals and you're yelling, everybody would turn to the left and then just, people are just getting peed on left and right. No, you can hear. <laughs> they have. Uh, they have speakers in there. Like I'm just picturing everyone swinging to the left and then it's just, just every stream goes goes that way. No. <laughs> they have they have surround sound there. You can hear. You don't have to look in one particular direction. <laughs> Texas, if you think the defense can get a stop, don't you think they can get a stop at the 50 as well? And going for it will either ice the game or you get a stop or Satterfield's explanation about getting more time if they haven't scored. Yeah, I think this was sent in before we started talking about it. So, yeah, that's. I thought he explained it well. But I still personally would have punted it, but it was not nearly as much of a cut-and-dry situation as I thought it was. And you were very, it was very big of you to apologize to me for it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Texas, I'm convinced that Trevor has two TVs on when he watches Louisville games, one on the game and another on some subpar pre-2005 movie. Uh, normal, It'd be more video games, I think. It would be. It would be, and, and that texture actually is right on everybody but Louisville. Louisville is the only time I don't I don't multitask. I, Louisville gets puts on the big screen, and it's Louisville only. Any other – well, and Eagles games. Any other game, yes. I will put on the laptop or I'll put on the phone or – I'll and I'll play something with and or do something along with it. It's big of you, but yeah, no, Louisville gets full attention. I promise you. I, I know. Get, I know it's hard to believe when you hear me break it down, but it is true. We got to take a break before we do, though. Reminding you about our friends over at AirServe EMTs for your air conditioning because they're available twenty four seven. If your AC goes out in the middle of the night, your heating goes out uh, coming up during winter time, middle of the night. AirServe is going to be there for you. Give them a call any time of the day, 502-264-9662. They'll have a technician that will be right out to your house. They'll fix your problem. They're focused on air quality and energy efficiency. If you want to find out more for yourself, visit them online at AirServe.com backslash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville, or call them directly again, 502-264-9662. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I turned my ear off last night. Opened the windows. It felt great. It feels great outside. It it feels like fall. It was was weird. I didn't didn't turn the air on at all. I I had the air ready to click on at like 73, and it never went on. It's a good feeling. The windows, I just left the windows open all day. I woke up today, and I I was like, it's still not on. 73 is too hot for nighttime, though. Yeah, I'm always a 72, 73 guy. I'm, I'm cold, weird. I'm a cold sleeper. I am too, but 72 is cold enough for me. I, yeah. I'm a weird guy like that. I don't know why. I got to get it lower. Got to get it lower. I don't know. We'll take a break. More text coming up after the break, then we'll get into this basketball schedule. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday on 1450 The Big X. All for one for the last song. Said will never <laughs> die. How could you love me and leave me and never say goodbye? Hit it, Mike. You never <laughs> 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 He 
time I try, I just break down and cry. Pain in my head, oh, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> Spin me around and around. Although we've come to the end. That rhythm. You do it. Still, I can't let I go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. You can't sing the verse, the, the hook, without doing the clap, though. Even, oh, though, no. even though you did it terribly, you got to clap. <laughs> Plus, this has the great uh, bass uh, talk to the girl verse and all baby of any '90s songs. It is. I that know. guy's my hero. You, you weren't ready for love. I was. He <laughs> 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 was just your first time, baby. You didn't know any better. <laughs> what movie is this off of? I feel like it's been in multiple movies. It was made for a movie. Was it really? Yes, it was made for the soundtrack of a movie. I've got no idea. Really? I thought you would know this one. No idea. Boomerang. It was made for Boomerang? Yep. I it was actually it was not no even, idea. it was not even a, a Boys to Men like album song. It was made for the soundtrack of Boomerang. Very underrated movie. Good movie. Mm. You didn't like Boomerang? Mm. I liked it. Mm. Star studded uh, cast. So anyway, 502-414-1450. We'll take more text here this segment. We'll get into the basketball stuff and start at the 5 o'clock hour. Before we do that, I screwed up the theme. Okay. I did seven songs. I should have only done six. This is not the first time this has happened. I know. <laughs> you, say I under, you say underachieved, though. <laughs> well, it's going to mess up my, my the whole thing. The whole joke of the part of the theme is going to kind of throws it all for a loop. and makes me mad. I still, I, I'm not, I can't remember. I know that you had, you had a song that should have been the all-for-one version. Then you had Boyz II Men that was kind of like a... Superior all for one. The first song was Four Seasons, Cherry. Okay. But the first song should have been Black and White by Three Dog Night. I should have gone So these that. all bands that have numbers in their name? No. Because <sighs> Chicago doesn't have a number in its name. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Unless you just have no idea how to spell Chicago. <laughs> it's got a Roman numeral in there. It's got somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Texture says, Keeneland is so overrated, I'm not scared to say it sucks. There you go. I mean, I won't say that because, like I said, I've, I've literally, ne- I mean, not figuratively, literally never been there. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It certainly has it has that upper hand on Churchill Downs. I will definitely give it that. Well, okay. Well, Churchill Downs is iconic, though. With exactly. The, yeah, I mean. Texture says, it doesn't help uh, poor Malik. It doesn't help poor Malik that our possessions are first down run, second down run, third down and long pass, fourth down, eh, figure it out. Rico Blankenship got cut. The kicker? Yeah. Rodrigo? Yeah, that's it. Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, the Colts kicker. He got cut. Damn. I thought he was like... A- he was good. Yeah, so did I. I got him in a fantasy league. Was it just the glasses? <laughs> the crap. <clears throat> I got to go find the kicker. What did he do? Did he miss a bunch of kicks this last weekend? Not... To, I, I mean, I think he missed one. That, I mean, but who didn't? By the way... Colts losing or Colts tying the Texans. Oh, not not a great sign. No. Not a great sign. It was crazy though. We had two games in overtime. Both were scored at twenty twenty. And then we almost had a third game in the four o'clock hour go to overtime that would have been twenty twenty had the Giants not gone for two. Nuts. Insane. Just, by the way, where do we stand with Never Nervous at this point? That relationship looking rocky in the fans' eyes at this point. No DJ Bradshaw or the other guy gone to Duke. I, I mean, I mean, where do we mean we stand as a fan base with nervous? I mean, I think is the program because clearly Purvis has his issues with U of L yeah. since he's left, and I think a lot of people just assumed because now he's coaching all this talent up there in New Jersey, bringing Kenny Payne into the fold would would mend that bridge and he'd be back in town and he'd be you know he said the right things he he certainly 
has not acted like he still harbors any sort of ill will towards U of L. But yeah, having three studs that he's coached and none of them going to Louisville and two of them potentially going to our arch rivals would not exactly mend any fences that the fan base might have with Purvis. But I don't think the fan base like dislikes Purvis or anything. I think they're just kind of confused about why Purvis has seemed to dislike U of L in recent years. Makes sense. I mean, I don't see any reason why. I mean, yeah, I, I have to like Purvis. Yeah. Right. How can you not? Never nervous. Yeah. I mean, What's the national title? Yeah. Most he can do it every year. If he never sent a, a player to U of L, I still gonna I'm still gonna like him. I mean, he's our only number one draft pick of all time. Yeah, I love Purvis. Yeah. Goes autograph. Sorry, Kings. Texture says, uh, Mr. Colt leader, do you think I could pull vault? <laughs> can we try? <laughs> if I get off the ground, can I lead this Colt? I like how we just had more Colt discussions, by the way, at the break. We did. We, uh, we, 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 we I was like, we haven't had a good Colt in a while. <laughs> yeah, was, that was your exact quote. I won't say what you said after that, but that was your well, exact quote. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I feel like we haven't we haven't had one since I guess Waco was the last like big cult right in Baylor. David Koresh. Yeah, and that was well. Yeah, Waco's in Baylor. Like in Waco, yada yada. Um, and that was in the nineties when they had the whole standoff. Well, I think didn't Heaven's Gate come after? I the thought, was, I thought Heaven's Gate was like the seventies for some reason. Heaven's Gate was the that was the nineties. Was it? The, yeah, I thought Heaven's Gate was the seventies. Heaven's Gate was the nineties. That, that was the Haley's Comet one. Why did I always? Wasn't there a movie called Heaven's Gate? That was, yeah, 97 was the Heaven's Gate thing. Really? Yeah. That was the last big one that I remember. Now, they had the documentary about the weird guys in Oregon from the 70s that came out recently, and they kind of, like, revived cult interest a little bit. But I feel like maybe I'm just missing one. What Would you count the Charles Manson stuff as a cult? No. If It was very cultish. Well. The family. Yeah, you know, you know what? You know what? I take that back. I do. Yeah, I would say it's a cult. Just smaller. Yeah. Well, not even small. I mean, it was pretty. I mean, he sent what four people just to to, to kill well, he, to, to kill the people at uh, Sharon Tate's house. Yeah. Yeah. It was like she. Uh, begin with a C. I forget uh, Silo Lane or Court or whatever it was called. Um, which that house has been torn down for the record. Not not surprised. Yeah, I got bought. I think the last person owned it was uh, Trent Reznor, and then he ended up he sold it and they got torn down. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that was a cult. And that was, I mean, a lot of people consider that the end of the flower days, too. Yeah, which makes sense. The three big cults that I like feel like in my life, the Jim Jones. Jim Jones. The David Koresh, Branch Davidian. Yeah. And then the Heaven's Gate. And I would put Manson family in there. Manson family. If, if they count, then, yeah. yeah, they're definitely up there. Heaven's Gate was also one of the, one of the biggest flops as a movie in history. There was a movie? That's why I kept getting, that's why I kept thinking it was in the 70s, because Heaven's Gate was the movie that came out in 1980. That was the the I'm googling kind of, biggest cult of all time. It was it was the guy who did Deer Hunter, and they and they they, they gave him like full like like Kate blah blah what was it like in Twenty Two Jump Street? What he calls it, Kate LeBlanche. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him that, and he just it was a forty four million dollar budget. And he bankrupted the entire movie, like because of him. Like movie studios wouldn't give directors like full 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 uh, money control ever again until recently. Because of this movie and how bad it was. There you go. Yeah. That was called Heaven's Gate. I wonder if the uh, the cult was named after that. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Texas, are either of you going to the game? I know Trevor's not. You don't go to games. You haven't been to a game in a long time. Oh, yes, but I can't remember the last game I went to, man. I think it was Miami, the first Big East game. I'm hoping I'm going to – my health will allow me to go to games coming up before the end of the season. I, I like to go to at least – I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to go to at least one this season. I got offers a couple times to go on Friday. Unfortunately, I'm just not there yet. Have you missed the season? 
Have I missed a season? Yeah, where you haven't been at least one game. Mm, you went I, to one last year. Went to one. Went to two last year. Did you go? Who just second game you went to last year? Um, went to Virginia and one of the early ones. I went by myself. Oh, did you? Okay. And then twenty, like we went like, like oh, like a month after Virginia was born in twenty nineteen to a game. I think it was. Um, I think it was when we in twenty nineteen. I think it was, we, oh, it was when we killed Syracuse. We went to that game. What twenty twenty. 2020, we went—that that was the COVID year. Does that get a pass for missing the game? I think I still think we went to one. Because we only had, what, three home games that year, I think? Four more, maybe? Yeah, and it was— I mean, You couldn't have It many. was a limited crowd. Yeah. But I think we went to one with friends. And then 2019, um, before that, we had season tickets. So so you've been—you haven't missed—you've been at least one game, what, say, easily say, what, 20 years straight, maybe? Yeah. If not longer? For sure. It's a nice I, little streak. I think the last year that I didn't go to a home game may have been like my freshman year of college. Which would have been? 2003 was that fall. I think that was. Streak, I think that was probably the last time. Because 04, I went to the UK game that year. We went. We came home for after my birthday party. I remember I was in rough shape. I think I yacked all over Thornton's on the drive home. Sorry, Thornton's. Love you. Thanks uh, for sponsoring the text line. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. They, they're everywhere. So <laughs> I should. I should have you stop at a gas station when we were driving back from Dayton, puking, and like two little kids going to the bathroom after me, being like, ah, <laughs> like as I was walking out, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. But then watched U of L beat UK 28 nothing. I think 2003. I don't think I went to a game that year. I think that would have been the last, the last year. That's a nice streak, dude. Yeah. you need to keep that going. I, yeah, I definitely do. Got to, got to make one this year. But I will not be there Friday, unfortunately. Texture said, uh, "Sound Hall, Wake, kickoff return. Yeah, it was 100 yards apparently." Texture says, "Jair in 16 against FSU. That was a punt, though." Yeah, punts we we talked about. Punts we've had a few. A couple, yeah. Trick out it. He's a freaking stud. I know the one. I know for a fact he had the one that beat one us the game at Memphis State. I remember. I was at this game. I was there. He was our only offense that year. Yeah. I think we won the game like 17, 14 or something. Don't you say a bad word about Trent Guy. <laughs> Guy's a freaking stud, okay? That was the same game. Like, that, that was your game, like, game, right? Yeah, we, we lost that game. And I remember going and seeing Trent Guy after the game at the Burger King over on Crittenden Lane. I was like, you don't deserve Burger King. <laughs> you don't deserve a Whopper. He's a freaking stud. I wanted to be like, you, okay? haven't, you haven't earned your chicken fries. <laughs> the media's like, we want to grill you. We don't want to grill Trent Guy. Calm down, Steve. Uh Texas, after watching the Seahawks defense, if Sat doesn't work out, we need to hire Coach Clint Hurt as our head coach. Wow. <laughs> Texas, uh, you've got to watch Welcome to Wrexham. Good stuff all around. I'm very excited to start watching Welcome that. to what? Wrexham. It's it's show on FX. It's um, perverted. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said something else at the end there. Uh, you, know I, you know I love sports documentaries. And this is like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, who was in— Oh, I saw this. Yes. It's always funny. Support. Yeah. They buy like a, a soccer franchise. And it's like they're—it's sort of like a real—I I tried to get you to watch that Netflix show, uh, Sunderland Till I Die, which was a documentary about the, the club in England, Sunderland. No, you didn't. I didn't? No, you only thing on Netflix, sports-wise, you recommended The F1, the, the Formula 1 yeah, series, which you didn't that. like that. If you didn't like that, then you probably won't and like it. And for the record, I know who Sutherland is. I've used him on FIFA. Sunderland? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like That, that show was awesome. I they wish it would come back. Don't they were Burgundy, I think? Yeah. Yeah. See, I yeah. know who they are. Yeah. Um, they're now in the, the championship, second division. One of my fun things to do on FIFA would be taking small teams and try to you know move them right up to the, the top level for competition. And they were one I think I did that with. The only time I ever played FIFA, I was – and it's, it's my – everyone's like, who's your Premier League team? They're not even in the Premier League, but I always just say West Brom because I played with them. The only thing I'm concerned West about – Albion. Yeah, I know, I know who that is too. Uh, I've looked over those – trust me, I've looked up and down the FIFA uh, Premier League from top to bottom levels. I think I've got a good idea of all the teams that are in there. 
Um, now, the only thing I worry about this show is that the way you've described it in, that, in a brief description you've given, like, is this kind of like it's just a uh, piggyback on the success of Ted Lasso type thing? This was before Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. Well, never yeah. mind. Okay. Well, why have I never heard of it till now? Are you talking about Thunderland Till I Die? Whatever this Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Welcome to Rexham may have been piggybacking off Ted Lasso. Okay. Yeah, this, this is new. Okay. It's the first season's out, but I do want to watch the, the the trailer. Looked awesome. I'm very excited to start watching it. I'm just saying because I know the success of Ted Lasso, I just feel like we're gonna get a bunch of spin-off type shows that are. It could be something like that. Right. I don't care. I mean, I love Ted Lasso. I'm fine. Oh, I liked it. When is season three coming out? By the way. Oh. It's gotta be soon, man. It's they won a bunch of Emmys last night. Apparently, I saw that. I was when I saw it trending. I was excited. I thought it was a release date for it, but it wasn't. Texas, a lot of Colts have very strict dietary restrictions and physical servitude requirements. <laughs> Something tells me Trevor isn't going to make it through the Colt orientation. You don't I, see a lot of heavy Colt members. You, you don't. You're actually right about that. Well, they mainly mean you eat rice mostly. I, I mean, I like rice. But could you imagine seeing the Colts coming, like the Colt leader coming to wake me up at like six in the morning? I'm just like, like go, give me five more. Time minutes. for your daily chores. I'm out. <laughs> I believe in everything you're doing. I can't do it. I'm done. I'm going home. Yeah. It's eight AM, Mr. Kelsey. Wake up. It's like you could like you would fully buy into like if you do this, you could just spend eternity in Nirvana. You're going to immediately ascend and be seated at the right hand of whatever father this cult believes in. You would fully buy into all that stuff, and then they would be like, no video games, and you'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Hell don't sound too bad. I'm, I'm done. I'll take my chances. Take my time. That's pretty much it. Call me when y'all get more evolved. <laughs> Texas says, uh, Trevor, what coach scripts four possessions? Bad question. Some coaches script 15 plays or so. For Louisville, that would actually be five possessions. <laughs> so forget that, Trevor. Texas says, did you see the video of the legendary Detroit Lions running back uh, Adrian Peterson getting KO'd by Le'Veon Bell? I did not. Did he just say legendary Detroit Lions running back? Yeah, he's a, he's a Lions legend. He played Lions like two years. Still, when you think Adrian Peterson, you think Lions legend. <laughs> the legendary Detroit Lions running back. He, why is he boxing Le'Veon Bell? Why are they, did you not see that over the weekend? No, why are I they did. boxing each other? I think it was something to do. What, what, what's they don't the, need the money. What's that YouTuber that, that does that does the fake boxing matches to act like he's big? Jake Paul. Yeah, that beats up like 80-year-old boxers and claims he's like a Now he's boxer. fighting like real boxers. Well, he's about to get whooped then. Um, yeah, he did one. I think it was one of his little pay-per-views he did. And when he does that, he puts like, you know, B-class celebrities to fight each other. And Le'Veon Bell got 250K for the win. Adrian Peterson got 15,000 for the loss. Why would they do this? Surely they don't need to do this for I mean, the money. They, they should have gave AP a switch. Then he would have been better. That's bad. <laughs> Texas, would you rather kick a 64-yard field goal on fourth down or give Russell Wilson a chance to get the first down? We, we talked about this at the beginning. The thing is, though, that, that, and that's, that's not fair to say because you, you're not taking consideration the entire game. He did not look good. The, the way Russell Wilson played that game, a field goal makes more sense. Disagree. I, I don't. He looks sloppy all game. Just says, Trevor, you don't see Colts anymore because they're all Facebook groups. <laughs> we kind of said that during the I break. Remember, yeah, was I my, think that's the new Colts. That was my yeah, conspiracy theories. This is like the new Colts, yeah. Colts, Colting's too easy. You know, back in the day, you had to work for it. Yeah. Now Nowadays, you just put out a bunch of fake graphs on Twitter or yeah. Facebook, and you've got any sort of graphic with a fake quote that, that you know Martin Luther King didn't actually say. Boom, you got a Colt. You're done. Yeah. Lazy, lazy cold. He's lazy cold leaders. I mean, yeah, seriously. Jim man. Jones had to work for it. Yeah, Jim, Jim Jones had to go around, find a piece of land in South in South America or Central America, wherever it was. He had to get he had to get people passports. He had to get he had to get you know uh, red Soho cups for everybody to drink from. A lot of work. I mean, yeah, he had yeah. 
You to be a charismatic SOB back I mean, Koresh but like bought bought a compound. He had to put up walls. He convinced all those men to let him sleep with the, with their wives. Yeah, that they couldn't. That he had to be the father of all the children. I mean, these people. I mean, I mean, he did something. Man, Manson got a got a farm, a ranch. Manson you convinced know, people that he couldn't die. He, yeah, he sent you know he he, he sent people to, to do he, these people. Yeah, they worked hard. Now everybody's just lazy. Not as all you have to do is be like you know, Bill Gates wants you dead. Yeah, I mean, they're spy. The government's spying on you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, probably. What, what, what do you want us to do? Check out the basement of that pizza parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Texas BBN is a cult led by Grandmaster Jones. <laughs> well, no. Who's Grandmaster Jones? Matt Jones. Oh, that's <laughs> like a second. Texas does R. Kelly count as a cult? No, no, no. Is he a cult? He doesn't have any followers, does he? Not well. I think anybody supports him. I, I hope not. I think I'm the closest thing to support R. Kelly has is because I'll still listen to his music even though I won't like. I don't like the dude. Like I think I might be the closest thing to a fan that let me and his mom. Texas says <laughs> my Robert. That's my Robert. I always peeing on people. TK is a cult leader would make the followers wear etonics and die from eating curly fries. I could be a cult leader, right? I don't think so. Like I'm not I'm not one to join a cult because, you know, lazy. But like I I think I I know you said I couldn't be, but I think I could. I would my cult would be fun. <laughs> It'd be like, like you joined my cult. I don't know what to say to that. I mean, like, seriously. It'll look like it'll look like it'll look like a frat house, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Texas Jordan ran a kickback in the bowl game. That's right. Jawar Jordan did have a kick return touchdown. Like literally the this the most one of the most recent games we played. In the Air Force game? Touchdown. Yeah. We didn't remember who had ninety two yards. We've already talked about him. We, yeah. The <laughs> old, we remember one thing from that game and one thing all. And then we gave up five hundred yards passing. That's it. And we lost the sixty three to nothing. That's all. That's all I know. <clears throat> did he really have one in that yeah. game? <laughs> I remember Zeke Parker in O two, but I don't remember Jawar Jordan from six months ago. <laughs> Um, short-term memory. Short-term memory. Somebody just said, this is a, I, I, I don't know if it's like a clown tweet, but like I just had some UK fan tweet a response to me, Crumbs Revenge and Dan Wilkin from September 2016 about having 20K at their games. Should I call the police for stalking? It's a heavy dedication. For what? This I mean, guy had made a tweet in 2016 about Dan Wilkin had said, Kentucky would have to pay $12 million to fire Mark Stoops after the season. And a U of L fan said, 20K empty seats and not paid for it around $35 each is 4.2 mil for six games. Two more years of that, I'd do it. That's from September 10th, 2016. And this UK fan just responded today. It goes, Georgia tickets are $150 plus right now. Would what? you do it now? Man, it's impressive work. Props to that Kentucky fan holding on to that long. People don't forget. I wonder how long he's been holding that tweet. Like every day he wakes up. He's got like pictures of it on his fridge. He's like, are we close enough now? Like, no. He's like, it's like Notre Dame when they leave and you know tap that we play like champions. He leaves his room. He's like, he's got that tweet. He like smacks it on the wall. <laughs> like today we remind him. Texas Texas A&M is a cult. That's how this whole thing got started. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, they do look cultish with those overalls. It's unbelievable how cultish yeah, it is. It does. The voice, the mannerisms. It's just, it's weird. Everybody's like, well, it's not. People are mad because they're not being PC. I don't care if they're making fun of people from being from Appalachia. I care that it's nerdy and weird. It's just, a, but it's just low hanging fruit joke. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the joke that you expect a third grader to make. And here's the thing: you can actually make the joke if you, but you don't have to actually say it as dumb as they do. It's like, terrible. Like you can actually, if you want to make like an ignorant backwoods joke, 
At least like spice it up a little bit. That twenty-one-year-old man it differently. That twenty-one-year-old man made a joke about these people not being able to read maps. Nobody's used a map since nineteen ninety-eight. What was my favorite? Was like the 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 best four years of our school, third grade. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a joke. Like seven-year-old Mike would have been like, "Get out of my face! Like you're like, you're not funny. Stop." This middle is, school Trevor might have laughed at that. I, I I never would have. There's never a point. I don't know. Now nah, you're right because middle school <laughs> Trevor was already watching Kevin Smith. So. Yeah. I mean, I was already, I was already groomed past that. I was like you. I think I was allowed to watch stuff that I shouldn't have been watching at a young age, and oh, I got I to a point where the, the the main reason, because I hated school growing up, the main reason that I think I hated school was how unfunny people were in class, yeah. especially college. Everybody's trying to be a comedian. If you were ever a person who made a joke, like, like say the scenario happened where a teacher came in, they're like, "Well, we were supposed to have a quiz today. I forgot this. Like, no quiz day." And if you if you ever made a joke saying like, "Oh, I was really ready," like. I wanted to kill you. <laughs> I wanted you dead. You're the least funny person in the entire world. I was really looking forward to this paper. I'm not like, being figuratively. I'm being literal. I'm going to put my hands around your neck, and I'm going to squeeze until you can't breathe anymore. In that moment, <laughs> and the three like acknowledging laughs that you got, I wanted to drop kick all those people right out the window. I can I can fully agree to that. Just let me go home and take a nap. This <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> Turns out I got an idea for the show. How about best text of the day contest? The text can be sports-related or not. It can make you laugh, cry, or both until the show gets picked up worldwide. The prizes can be coupons to Arby's or a refill cup at Thornton. That's a good idea, actually. I, would, I, would, I have no problem with text of the day. And if we don't have a prize, you know what? I'll Venmo you 10 bucks. We do have a lot of – we have a lot of Ville Seafood and Chicken yeah. give gift certificates. We can probably couldn't do a daily. I don't think we have enough for a daily, but we can do like a text of the week. How about that? I mean, yeah. Starting right now. So that guy's the leader for text of the week. So every, how about this? So each day we'll pick a text of the day. And on Friday that you have, we'll have five of them to pick from. That's a better idea. I like that. We'll do that. And then we'll, whoever had the, the, the best of the five texts. We, I don't know if we started this week because we had yesterday and we, we didn't get well, one. That's fine. Sorry for the Monday. We didn't get to all the texts on Monday. That's a good point. So, you know, I did though. I, I went home. It was a little late though. It was around eight o'clock. I, started, I replied to a few of them. My only question is, do we do like Sorry like if, if a really good text comes in at like three thirty, are we like that's it? That's the text of the day, or do we have to wait till the end of the show? No, I think it would be consideration, and then in the show we'll go. Okay, these were our three best texts. Because we're not going to remember by the end of the show. Let's oh, I think we can. Rem- well, no, 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 no. you're giving us way too much credit. We need to write it down in some way. I think we're going to have. We're going to have to just like on the fly. So you have I mean, to get paper over here. Just just name me like. Uh, well, I'll just write like a little description, so we'll remember it. Tay says R. Kelly literally has a sex cult. It's super bleeping creepy. I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like knowing that. I don't think that's a cult. I think that's just people who have pee fetish. I liked the world a lot better five minutes ago when I did not know that that was a thing. I don't think that's people that follow him. I think it's just people who have the same fetish he does. Texture says, "How many times, Rutherford? How many puppies must die? Stop saying his name." <laughs> wow, There's a thing online for years that if you say Matt, Matt Jones', Jones name, name every time yeah, a puppy dies. Started. Who started that? Texas says, by definitions, there are cults all over the world. There are cults in the city, and honestly, several major worldwide religions, organizations, or cults. <laughs> I'm not no, going to say which no. ones he thinks they are. I mean, that's, yeah. We're going to, being the fact where we're at, we're broadcasting the show, I think we should move on from that text. Look, in my opinion, you on know that. what we're talking. <laughs> we're talking mainstream cults. We're talking the Jim Jones cult. We haven't had a good cult in a while. Yeah. A big time cult. Let's not, not, we don't need like mass murder. Just make it like funny. Like from the leftovers, you're all wearing white and smoking cigarettes. That's you know, something like that. Have we ever had a cult that didn't involve mass murder? No, because then you don't find out about them until that happens. Like we would have never known the Branch Davidians existed if there hadn't been the whole standoff with I mean, the FBI. No, I mean, not. I mean, to have a silver lining in it, and I don't remember Heaven's Gates details, but at least the other two, in terms of like David Koresh and Jones, I mean, they didn't hurt anybody outside their own little group. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apologies to my prior statement. You do not, in any sense, have to hand it to them. I mean, Manson hurt other innocent people. Multiple innocent people. If we're ranking the levels but, of... I mean, at least Jones and Koresh, I mean, they just... The only people that, that, that died were the, the morons that followed him. I mean... In David Koresh's defense. Yeah. Stop. That's all I'm just saying. Texas, there's a 0% chance you all follow through on the text contest. You know what? You're not winning text of the day. Boom, you're out. Actually, he might have just won. You're done. Because <laughs> that might be the best text of the day. He's you're, 100% correct. You're done. <laughs> Texas, to be fair, Good Bill Hunting's followers' uh, posts are pretty hilarious. Not as especially hilarious as Card Chronicle, but still. Th- that's a great. Good Bill Good Hunting, the Texas AM SB Nation side, is hilarious. It's fantastic. It's great. I think with the movie. No, no, no. They're, like, they're <laughs> comments. It's one of the more like entertaining, creative sites on the internet for like team specific sites. And they, they are not at all reflective of the just cringe, gross nerdiness that you see at all these yell practices. It's a site called Good Bill Hunting? Good Bull Hunting. Oh, it's okay. a text name thing. Okay, you know, like all those people that like Good Bill, Good Bull Max. Like they have that across their little overall. Not familiar with that. Yeah, it's it's a cult. Also, didn't think I was never a big fan of Good Bull Hunting the movie. Oh, I love it. You know what I think it is? Mini Driver weirds me out. I mean, I can see that. The only movie I've ever been able to like stand watching her in was uh, Gross Point Blank. Hook, hook, dunk, dunk. Something about her just annoys me. I don't know why. I don't, I don't find her attractive. Texas says, I, I can't read you guys. I'm not going to call people out for having. Oh, I didn't do the insider yet. This is, you know it's a cult when they open a restaurant off a radio show slash blog. <laughs> that one's kind of funny. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, 5 o'clock hour, we'll get into the uh, the basketball conversation. The schedule is out. We have it. We'll break it down. We'll take more of your text as well. It's the 5 o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show, and it's on the way next here on 1450 The I wanted to be the part where it's like, take off all your preppy clothes. That's the next verse, yeah. the next chorus, yeah. Somebody else found everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You look like a fool to me. Tell me why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? Maybe a geek that likes this song. I was, when it was out, I was like... I, it was like a guilty pleasure song. I, it was when it was out. I was and we were in different places because I was. You're older. I was 22. I was in high school. I liked it. I liked the song and this this girl I was kind of on and off with. Looked, okay. I thought it looked kind of like Avril Lavigne. She's like, dead. Like a, <laughs> what they say? The, it was kind of a shorter version of her. So that was kind of that. That was a little thing too. Okay. So yeah, I, I was. I thought the song was. I liked the song. It was catchy. It's a. It's a fun pop song. All right, hold on, leave it on for the preppy, preppy clothes. <laughs> Laugh out when you strike your pose. Take off all your preppy clothes. <laughs> Come on, Avril. You're not fooling anyone when you become 
Somebody else. Yeah, that's funny. She dated the dude from Sum 41. Sum 41, for a long time. yeah. Which they actually a, got married. Which was another kind of had a few songs that would get stuck in your head, too. I don't want to waste my Because it was on the Madden soundtrack. Was it? It, yeah, it, was, it would get stuck in my head. I love that song when it first came out. Yeah, young. not a bad, you know, the pure example of what would be considered pop grunge, I guess. Was it, they called it uh, mall pop, mall punk back in the day. Well, it's, it was it was basically to me it was what is what happened to hair like hard rock when winger came out this was them it's like the equivalent of like winger to hard rock is Avril Lavigne to grunge yeah but it's still catchy it was fun yeah have you, have you guessed the theme today no we only got two songs we only got one song left it's not Canadians no. She's putting it's, on deodorant in the video. <laughs> I remember that part. <laughs> also, just remember she's wearing a tie. I was like, what makes her Annie Hall? When I was a kid, when, I was, when this first came out, I was like, who, they, who does she think she is? Diane Keaton? <laughs> Are these all just like breakup songs? No. Because we had Complicated, we had End that of the is Road. A, that is interesting, but that's not the theme. Okay. That is actually weirdly coincidental I'll have to keep thinking I'll have to keep thinking uh five o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford show here now on 1450 the big X we talked uh, a lot about Scott Satterfield's press conference in the first hour we mentioned Ruben Owens canceling his visit to Texas A&M we took a bunch of texts and somehow got into Colts in the last hour because <laughs> well that's A&M though Texas A&M they ruined everything they screwed us up <laughs> they let us in the cult path but now we're going to focus the other big news of the day the men's basketball schedule for the upcoming season Kenny Payne's first as UofL's head coach is out uh we have it it's a couple of interesting things. One, ton of home games. Well, we've got 19 games at the KFC Yum Center this season. They're only going to play one true non-conference road game, and it's the game at Kentucky on New Year's Eve. That's interesting. Yeah. Two. I didn't even notice that until you just pointed out, too. That's why I'm here. <laughs> there was a purpose we kept you around. Yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> Two, we're playing three ACC games before Christmas. We play... I mean, you, typically December is reserved for, and even late November after the early season tournament on Thanksgiving week, it's kind of reserved for your your buy games, right? You're playing the your, your Florida A and M's, your Jackson States, your your Furmans of the world. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned that one, but <laughs> we're playing a lot of power conference no teams, including Furman. three from our own league in December and late November. We play Maryland. I mean, we'll go in a three week span. We'll play on Thanksgiving week. We'll play three games against high-level opponents in Maui. We'll come home. We'll play Maryland then the next Tuesday. Then we have our first conference game December 4th at home against Miami. Then we go to Florida State. Then we play a Western Kentucky team that's not a power conference team, but it's one that waxed us last year. And then we get NC State again on December 22nd. That's a lot of power conference opponents in December and late November, and it's not even bringing up Kentucky on New Year's Eve. How many? Honestly, didn't we play two ACC games in December last year? Too? We played two in, in December, but we've okay. never had. But, like, but one because, of them was after Christmas. Okay, but, but, but this year's difference because a you're also adding Maryland. Plus, the big thing is the Maui tournament. I mean, that, that's that's the real add-on in terms of power conference teams before Christmas. Well, for sure, but yeah. the, the three conference games is just weird to me. To have that before Christmas is a new thing. Um, it was one thing when you put, were playing like NC State out of nowhere on December 10th, but we've got. Uh, three relatively important conference games right out of the gate. December 4th, like I mentioned, is versus Miami. That Saturday then, December 10th, we'll play at Florida State, a place where we have just struggled mightily in recent years. And then December 22nd at home, it's a Thursday game, we'll play NC State. It's one of the few teams in the ACC that we might be you know, picked ahead of. 
uh, this season. And then after that, we get nine days off. Kenny Payne's one of those coaches who it looks like is going to let the kids go home for Christmas, let the, let's spend a few days away. We'll have nine days between that NC State game and the game at Kentucky on New Year's Eve, the 31st. And then we get right into conference play after that. By the way, the season will open officially November 9th. I think that's the second real day of the season when we'll take on Bellarmine. Uh, that Saturday, we'll play Wright State, who went to the NCAA tournament last year. Then that Tuesday, we'll play a kind of a, a sneaky team in Appalachian State. Our exhibition games, October 30th, Lenore Ryan will come to the KFC Yum Center. And then, sort of interestingly, you know, this is they do the thing now with the Maui Invitational where every other year, Chaminade gets to play in it, the host school. Um, we're pl- they're not in the Maui this year. We're hosting them, though, in, in exhibition play. On Thursday, November third, they'll be our second exhibition game. That makes us better people than their own tournament. That's you know we're showing up Maui Gym and the sponsors that have ruined Shamanad. We pretty much are. We're like, listen, if you're gonna be, you want to be a bunch of punk holes, we're gonna we're gonna be better than you. We're like the the stepdad that's stepping in and doing a better job than the actual dad. A yes, yeah. we're we're stepping we are in. we are get the adoption papers ready, Shamanad. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing the Maui to the Yum Center. We're bringing the Invitational. Just come play it at the Yum Center. We got great seating. Like free air conditioning, you don't have to work on that. We won't make you wear free air conditioning. We won't make you. They didn't. They didn't have an AC until like two years ago. Post the chargeable. I mean, you made it sound like they charge you for AC. They pretty much did. Like if you you want a handheld fan when you walk in here, twenty bucks. They. It's exactly what happened. They didn't have air conditioning. It was like the slipperiest court, the hottest place in America. They would like you had to like buy little fans. What was the game we played the NIT when the ice was in temple. the temple? Yeah, Linger, Linger. Yeah, well, I always thought it was related to Hal, but he wasn't. No, not the first time you've mistaken identity. His last name's Greer. What about Jeff? Just too white. Just too white. <laughs> Hasn't stopped you before from from asking if they were family. That's. Very good point, though. Yes, it is. The other thing, we somebody texted in about this. I don't know why this has to happen every year. Our last game of the season, once again, is against Virginia. It's like, on the road this year. That's every year, though, isn't it? I, why? Like, I don't know why they started doing this every single year. It is on the road, though. I feel like we play them at home more often than not last game of the year, though. Our home game, our senior night, has, I feel like it's almost always been either Virginia or Notre Dame. A couple of years ago, it was Virginia Tech. That was the game where... Um, uh, Keith Otto, the walk-on, hit the last second shot. That was the 2020 season that was ill-fated. It's Virginia Tech again this year. We'll have a home game on the 28th of February. It's a Tuesday night. That'll be senior night. Um, we only play – we only have, like, one. That's our only home game. We have no home games, actually, in March. Uh, the schedule kind of really thins out towards the end of February. We're at Duke, at Georgia Tech, versus Virginia Tech, and then at Virginia on March 4th is our only game in March before the conference tournament. I will say this, I, I I like the spacing of this tournament this this season this schedule way more than I did last year. How so? Remember last year I think when we when we were in the same situation and we saw the first part of the schedule. Remember we had like I think it's because the way the schedule was we had like Duke and North Carolina, like within like five oh, yeah, days like, of each it was other. Saturday Monday we went Saturday yeah, Monday. It was yeah. it was like I think I feel like we got really kind of screwed by the schedule in terms of like when I look at this one, like we don't we don't have to go home road with some tough games. I mean obviously. You know, you've got you know you've got the Syracuse Wake Forest at home right after the UK game, but those are back to back home games, and then you've got you know the one road to Clemson, but then you're coming back double home. Like I just I just feel like the the, the, the I like the way it was spaced out a little more. Well, and, and especially with with the home home stretch of having some home games in clusters as well, which is nice. There's a good and a bad to that. Like we had three times last year where we had the Saturday Monday thing, and a lot of times it was it was really good teams. 
and that's because they try to schedule your biggest programs on Big Monday. It's a, it's a big it's a one of them. We had it like for, back-to-back road games though, which we, is we did. We went. We had Duke Carolina on Saturday Monday, and then yeah. we had like we had one where it was like Syracuse, and then back all the way like to I think to UNC again or something. Now the, the this year, the good news is we have no Saturday Monday turnarounds. The bad news is it's because. Nobody thinks we're good enough to play on Big Monday no, this year. So I'll take it, though. We have a lot of those. People are going to get mad. We have a lot of those Tuesday night conference games that are typically the regional sports network games where you got it's usually reserved for, like, Wake Forest. Uh, hopefully, we'll be ACC Network and not Valley Sports South and a lot of these. But Yeah, last year we played a five-game stretch on, at Wake Forest, three days later at Miami, and then two days later at home against Florida State. Annoying. That's, a, that's just, just a beast of a run right there. Yeah, we Shockingly, have, we went one and two. We have... Uh, a healthy amount of, for the most part, the conference play this year is going to be like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. We have a couple of Tuesday games. Syracuse, that'll probably be ACC Network. Wake Forest, Pitt, those will probably be like regional sports network games. But, Ugh. hey, great chance to prove people wrong. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, but that's the, there it is. That's the schedule. I like the schedule this year. I, I like the schedule. I think it's laid out well. Hopefully the team can take advantage of that. Um, I mean, you absolutely have to win those first three games. You've got... I, I love Scotty D. Love Bellerman. I know they're coming off of a conference uh, tournament championship. You got to take care of them. They shouldn't have the size to deal with you inside. They Wright know. State also won its conference tournament uh, last year. They're going to come in here on Saturday, and then App State, who is maybe the strongest out of those three teams, but did not win their conference tournament last year, will play you on Tuesday. You absolutely cannot drop one of those before you go to Maui. No, you got to be three and zero going to Maui. No. If you lose all three in Maui, or you go one and two, I think fans will be okay with that. But it depends how you lose, I think. Agree. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, if you get blown out in all three, then then no. But you need to be three and zero going into those games because then you get out of Maui, you play Maryland, who was not great last year, but certainly that's a game that you could lose. And then you've got back to back ACC games in Miami and Florida State, and then Western. I mean that that is a span of seven straight games where you could theoretically lose all those games. Like that could it could get away from you. Those are going to be either understandable losses or wins that you feel pretty damn good about. Say what you want about me as a fan, but let's let's go with the assumption that we do go winless in Maui. And okay. I, I don't think that's a bad fan perspective. It's possible. I think it's just reality in a way. If that's the case, and I agree, you ha- you, you can't go into Maui with uh, you have you have to be undefeated going to Maui, and you should be undefeated going to Maui. Mm-hmm. Coming out of Maui, you mentioned those four games, three of which are home. Uh, what do we have to do in those four games in your mind? Because after that, then you get A and M and Linscombe, which should be theoretically back to back. Should wins. win those games. So, but with Western, you got Maryland, Miami, and Western home. Then you got the Florida State road game. I know this is too early to ask, baby, but being the fact that we'll probably go 0-3 in Maui, what do those four games have to be for you to be happy? 2-2, two 1-3, and 3-1. Two, and I mean... Some of it's going to depend on how those teams look and how we look in Maui. But like right now, staring it down, I think Miami's going to be good. I do too. I think, I, I mean, Western... On paper, let's be real, they probably have more just God-given talent than we do, which is a scary thing to say. Hopefully we don't say it again moving forward. <laughs> Florida State's like, – I don't think they're going to be they, – they'll be better than they were last year, but they're still – There's always the Florida State has – well, he had max number at least. Yeah. like that, That'll be tough. Maryland Maryland should not be that great coming back. I think they've gotten a, a decent amount of transfers. We'll see how that plays. I mean, I two and two at this point, I, I think I'd be okay with that. I which, think anything short of two and two would be very upsetting. Anything short of two and two, and then you start to just temper now, your expectations for the whole season. I don't know if it matters which two or two. Which it does, it is, probably. But, I mean, 
I would like to think Western should be one. I don't think you really want to lose back-to-back years to Western. Not at home, especially. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's no respect Western. I, obviously, you know, I like Western. I root for Western in any other situation mm-hmm. other than when they play Louisville. Uh, but, yeah, I just – yeah, you really don't – you don't want to do that. You don't. I mean, you could. I mean, I guess maybe – I mean, if you're coming off a road win at Florida State, but then again, I feel like if you're coming off a road win at Florida State and you lose at home to Western Kentucky – you just wipe out all the good that road win in, in, in Tallahassee did for you. Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of it I think depends. Like, if we let's say we like go to to Maui and we beat Arkansas, or we lose to Arkansas and we beat Texas Tech or Creighton and who and somebody else, and we, we don't get two come and out. One. We don't come out winless. Is what you're saying? Yeah, or no, I'm saying if we win two, if, if we okay. win two, and, and I'll, then I think you just you change your expectations because then you say uh, I think we should beat Maryland at home, a team that is probably on paper right around where we are in, in terms of talent. They're trying to get themselves started with a new era, just like we are. Um, and then Florida State, not the juggernauts of old. Maybe we can go down there and steal one. Like you said, Western, I know they have a lot of talent. It's still a program that's you know in Conference USA that you feel like you should be better than, especially when you're playing them at home. Uh, Miami, I think clearly on paper they've got better players than we do, but it's another home game. Maybe you want to win three of those instead. If you do, like If you lose all of them, if you lose or you go one and three after a one and two or zero oh and three performance in Maui, then I think that's when you start to say like, yeah, th- th- I'm excited about the future of the program. I want to see how we continue to compete the rest of the season, but let's temper those expectations. Like we're probably not making the NCAA tournament. We're probably not going to have any grand overachieving in year one. Like I, we'll know a lot about this team. We'll know more than we typically do know about a team once we get into late December. And I say that after last year where I felt like we knew way too much about this team going into late December last year. I mean, we'll get a good idea just in those first three games against competition that's quote-unquote lesser than us. Yeah, if they don't take care of business in those first three and look fairly convincing, then I think you're like, ooh, Maui could get away from us. I mean, anything that's short of a blowout you're going to be upset about? No, not necessarily. I mean, it's weird stuff happens at the beginning of the year. If they just, I want them to win those three games. Like they, we we don't need to slip up against Wright State or App State. I mean, or, we, or we struggled last year with those, but while playing poorly though, like we play well and they just play as well as we, they just raise to the, the yeah. competition, and it's kind of hard to yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to get mad. Last year wasn't that way. Last year we played down to the competition, and sometimes in some cases below it. We did, but like we also like were inconsistent. Like we we played a pretty good Navy team, a Navy team that went on to be I think the second best team in the Patriot League and beat the absolute crap out of we them. Did. And then we played a Detroit Mercy team that won like nine games, and it came down to a last second shot. Like they easily could have beaten us, and of course we did lose to Furman. But like we just we were kind of all over the place. What did Furman end up doing last year? They ended up, I think, being the second or third best team in the SoCon. They lost in the they lost the SoCon championship game on a buzzer beater to Chattanooga and Malachi Smith, who we ended oh, up that's recruiting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they almost we talked about that. They yeah. almost made the NCAA tournament. They were they were good. They should not. I mean, we should still not be in a place where we're losing to Furman at home. Uh, and we should not be losing to to Bellarmine, App, or Wright State this year. I don't care what year it is with your head coach or what the talent level looks like. That's cannot happen. Cannot happen to start. Five zero two four one four four two fifty is the Thornton sex line. A couple other notes that I wanted to get to here before we uh, dive back into your tech. Well, first of all, Trevor is are you Cardinal insidering? Yeah, but I'm listening. Okay, I'm just making sure. Has it made? Has it seemed like I was distracted anyway? No, you're good. You're, you're okay. just just making sure. I literally forgot about it, and I was like, oh crap, it's five thirty. I better get this done. I just assume you hadn't gotten it yet. No, I did. He came at 4.30. No. So I wasn't too far off, actually. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the U of O women's basketball. Speaking of scheduling, I don't think we have the 
I think oh, we do have the full schedule. We now know the Battle for Atlantis schedule. They're going to play Gonzaga in their first game of that tournament. Very cool that we got the men going to Maui, the women going to Atlantis, the two biggest uh, early season tournaments in both men's and women's basketball. We've got one uh, in both. The Cards will play Gonzaga. The other uh, part of that bracket, Texas and Marquette are playing. Uh, Tennessee and Rutgers are on the other side, as are UCLA and South Dakota State, which is a very good women's basketball program. Uh, that's going to be the 19th through the 21st of November. The cards, it'll be a rematch of last year's second round game at the KFC Home Center where we beat Gonzaga fairly handily in the second round. Hopefully we can repeat there and take them out. Um, I hope Gonzaga getting good in women's basketball too. It, it carries over, man. Spokane, man. The underrated, the, the, the gem of the, of the Northwest. It's just what they do. It's who they are. It's what they do. <laughs> um, I also wanted to, to get to this, but we mentioned the, the comments by Scott Satterfield, but FSU, their defensive coordinator, their head coach, their players have been talking to the media uh, the last couple of days as well. They have, I mean, I guess you shouldn't be surprised by this, but their focus has been so much on Malik Cunningham. Um, did, did, did they say he wasn't a challenge? No, they, they've been, it's been pretty straightforward. Jordan Travis talked to the media today, and I was kind of hoping he might give a little, you know, I don't know, somebody you could run with, a quote about UofL, but he's, he's a pretty mild-mannered kid. And he's played pretty well. He didn't say anything nefarious or anything that would you know, be bulletin board material. Mm. But and I think, yeah, pretty much. Um, Limp. But uh, Adam Fuller, the Florida State defensive coordinator, was asked about the challenges of preparing for Louisville. Here's what he had to say. He said, I think Malik has done it for a pe- long period of time in a dynamic way in this league. <laughs> I think he's got everybody's respect around the country. He plays every week. He's the leading rusher. You know, he's a dynamic playmaker. He's beat people over the top of the football. He's beat people running the football. He's beat people making good decisions. He's one of the best players in the country, and it's important for us to play as a team against him. Um, he went on to say, I think, number one, he's that dynamic mover and athlete, so I think there are a lot of offenses that fit his skill set. I think traditionally they've been a really good running football team. They run the stretch as well as anybody. If you run the ball, that sets up other things, whether it's him pulling the ball and going the other way, whether it's routes coming back against the grain, whether it's misdirection plays off of run action. When you can set up things off your major play, which they do, it creates misdirection plays. They've done a nice job of creating big plays over the years with that offense. I think we have. We haven't seen enough of that in the first two weeks. We haven't run the stretch that well. It hasn't. Maybe that's part of the reason why we haven't been able to take the top over the defense, off the defense, but... I think it's more about Malik and what he hasn't been able to do with his arm. The other quote that I wanted to get to is um, the coordinator <clears throat> nailed it pretty well, actually. Yeah, Tatum uh, Bethune, who's the FSU linebacker, he got asked Buffoon. about but Bethune, Bethune, who cares? <laughs> um, he got asked about Malik, and he says, "Malik, you know he's a good quarterback, and he knows how to extend plays. He's very athletic. We just got to get him on the ground." When you get him on the ground, he's not going to be able to do any plays. Brilliant quote. Uh, that's my bitch because he's down. <laughs> he's not wrong, Trevor. I mean, seriously, did he really say that? That's my biggest deal. Just get him on the ground and being calm when he comes at you. He knows how to make guys miss a lot, so he's a very athletic dude, so I know he's going to pull the ball and tuck it and run. This guy sounds like a walking so that's going to be the type. That's going to be the biggest thing to get him on the ground. I think he wants to get him on the ground, Trev. You know why? Because when he's on the ground, he can't make plays. He can't make plays. <laughs> I wish we had audio of this. That should be the text of the I week. It's, it's, it's not even a text. That's the text of the week. Well, what do you want to do? We get him on the ground. We get him on the ground, you can't do it. Because you know when he's on the ground, you can't do anything. He's not I mean, wrong. <laughs> Tell me he's wrong. I'm just picturing like some like stereotype 80s jock like in this voice reading this off to me just saying this to me sometimes <laughs> it rains 
Oh, Lord. I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was good. It was good. I tell you what, we'll take a break. Um, <laughs> our last break of the show here. That we'll, guy's we'll, not making Dean's list. <laughs> we'll take a, we'll take some text from you in the final segment of the show. We got Louisville Bats baseball coming your way tonight. Seven thirty-seven. Seven thirty-seven pregame. They, they they are at the lovely Saint Paul. Saint Paul Saints. I believe so. Yeah. Who nice. once? I always think see, that's weird because Saint Paul Saints like a AAA team. Like when I hear that, I think of when they were like the like out of nowhere pro team where Ricky Henderson played when he was like forty. I don't remember that. They, they were like a traveling team for a while. Like, you would go to... I remember Rick Henderson went there when he was like 40. I think Daryl Strawberry played there at one time. Like, they were like the like the Betty Ford clinic of over over the over the age, like, MLB players. Just didn't want to give it up. They're like, yeah, like, if you're, if you're, if you were a once a superstar, you know, you either A, you either do or do not still have a little bit of the uh, cucalate problem, you can still come play with us. We've only got 15 days left of Bass Baseball, by the way. Season ends September 28th, so, you know... Get it in while you can. It's a big game. I know against uh, Gwinnett. Yeah, uh, we'll have we'll have uh, we have one week next week's the last home stretch. We'll have uh, Nick on next week to talk. We will, yeah. but keep it locked here again. Eight oh seven will be the first pitch uh, for the Little Bats at St. Paul. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll read your text. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Get him on the ground. Are we allowed to play this one, Big X? I mean, yes. Yeah, this is the uh, to quote the good YouTube people. Super clean edit. <laughs> I mean, the entendre is not not subtle. The best part about this song is that it was uh, you had like soccer moms driving around singing. Oh yeah. <laughs> soccer moms are singing. Easy. I have no idea what the theme could possibly be. You have no idea? None. Well, here's the disappointment. This is not a breakup song, by the way. So that, <laughs> yeah, well, that theme ended. It could be. I guess. Nothing, nothing wrong with a little goodbye pop. Uh, I mean, you never, you never did a... Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yes, there. the theme was... was this. My, my plan was every 10 years. Okay. I, yeah, that's, that's tough. So, every this is these songs are all number one. On this day, starting in 1962. Okay, I like that. So that was Sherry, 1962. Then Black and White by Three Dog was 72. Hard to say I'm sorry was 82. Boys to Men, 92. Starting to make a little sense. And also the the, the way the listening to what's popular in these decades, the 10 years later, it's kind of fun. It is. Avril Lavigne was 02. This was 2012. So originally I was going to play the number one song today as the last segment song that I goofed up. Okay. And... I'm kind of glad didn't because the song really sucks. Here it is. What is the number one song? Oh, it's the Harry Styles song. As it was. I kind of like this song. The song sucks. I'm a fan. By the way, this guy's a little uglier than I thought he would be. Harry Styles? 
He's a little busted, yeah. Oh man, there's a contingent of our listenership that just their minds just were blown. Like I've always like one He's of the, spitting on Chris Pine these days. One of the things like I've always like said like you know like you, you if you couldn't you can't be ugly in music anymore. Like you couldn't like in the seventies and maybe even eighties to a degree. Like no one's gonna hire Steely Dan nowadays. Those dudes are all like look, they've been beat up with a shovel. They weren't gonna make pop, but I saw that I saw this dude. And I'm like, this guy looks kind of like a. I mean, a he looks like a wuss. I mean, Post Malone's popular, and B he just looks like he's not he's not an attractive man. He's kind of busted. There it is. Trevor Cousins says Harry Styles not attractive. He's not. <laughs> like, I don't get like like at least when I see like the the boy bands like I get just well Timberlake. you know he's, he's a boy band guy. He's from yeah, one, one but direction. he doesn't look like a boy band. He looks like. I mean, is this the best? Is this what they consider good looking in Britain for kids for for boy bands? I think Harry Styles is a good looking guy. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he looks like something like little Nicky had like a child with someone out of wedlock. I mean, I haven't seen the music videos. I'm not sure what you're looking at, but and he's wearing like his red suit. And he just he's no this the sartorial choices are interesting, but I who am I to judge? <laughs> What's with the tats? I don't know, Trevor. I don't know. <laughs> this video's weird. Okay. Uh, 502 is the Thornton's text line. Okay, come on. I don't hate the song. This song sucks, dude. I don't hate the song. You don't like anything made past 2008. No, I like Whistle. That's a catchy song. You like the Whistle song? I mean, it's I, it's a dumb song, but it's a good pop song. The whistling part gets in your head, but it's not a good song. It's a good pop song because it gets stuck in your head. I don't know if that's the... Well, so, and it's only the chorus. That's the only bar that you have to... It's, it's the only good part. The but that's what whistling. makes a good pop song. It's a good chorus, catchy chorus, right? Yeah, it has to be more than This song isn't catchy. This song's just kind of lame. Well, your opinion. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton <laughs> sex line. Clearly not everybody's opinion. It's the number one song in America. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me started on America. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Texas, is Ruben Owens not visiting Texas A&M anymore after he heard the App State Yale practice video? I would love for him to say that's the case. <laughs> I think so. I, I mean, would love for him, to, like, his next Instagram post is like, it was this mother, like, and, like, put a picture of, like, that guy The guy doing, doing the yeah. high knee raise. It was this mofo. <laughs> yeah. Texas, when does Bellarmine's football season start? I believe it's this weekend. I want to say the first game is, like, the 19th. I still can't grasp they have a football team. It's sprint football, so it's. Uh, what's the difference? You can only have guys, like, under, like, six foot tall or something. What? There's like a weight. There's like a weight limit and a height limit. I didn't. Does what other schools play this 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 kind of weird football then? Um, Midway University. I thought that was an online school. No, their their first game is this Saturday who at was, Midway University, who, September seventeenth. They play University of Phoenix, Quincy, Southampton Institute of Technology, Saint Mary of the Woods. <laughs> They have two games against Midway. Oh, hold on. Calumet College of St. Oh, Joseph. Back, back up a second. Hold on. What was the name of that school between Midway? Which one? South Mary of the Woods. St. Mary of the Woods. I actually know that one. That's creepy sounding. Well, I mean, St. Mary of the Woods. It sounds like the name of like a children's tale that like the don't go, be careful and going into the backwoods. You got South Mary of the Woods haunting it's children. Not South Mary. St. Mary of the Woods. Either way, she's the saint of the woods. <laughs> Sounds like she's de- using gingerbread houses to devour children is what it sounds it's, like. It's the opposite. <laughs> she's not. Uh, but best of luck to Bellarmine. Where is it? In the woods? Yeah. In Indiana. Uh, best of luck to Bellarmine here in their first season playing in the, what is it, Northwest Conference of Sprint Football. I know like some schools have that have like actual football teams. They also also offer Sprint Football. Then the, the service academies used to, like Navy would have a team where you could only be like but 510, like below 170 or something. Um, basically, you cannot play sprint football. <laughs> I've never been so happy to be too big. 
I mean, listen, I'm, I'm props to Bellarmine. I, I'm, I don't mean to bash, but this, this thing kind of sounds stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's football. more power to you. I mean, I get you want to try something, but no, I, I'll, I'll pass. They Thanks. must maintain a Good weight. Luck to you both. They must maintain a weight of 178 pounds or less and a minimum of a 5% body fat to be eligible. No fat guys. Well, that takes away. So basically it's no fun. I don't know, just like little guys. Oh, is this, do they wear flags too? No, it's hitting. Full on hitting. Texas says, uh, ticket secured. Thanks so much again. There we go. See, we got somebody's got their tickets. Dugan, oh, well, there you go. See? Dugan's making plays. So clearly whoever called Texan earlier today just we just don't like you. Dugan's making plays. <laughs> I hope it's not just like one person doesn't get their bourbon and beyond tickets. <laughs> Feeling targeted. The bands are out, folks. They're out. It has to be it has to be KRC because KRC did think it was. We'll, we'll get all our people. I can't I can't. I can't speak for those slaps. Yeah, so that's on KRC. Um, Texas, I know this is going to take me out of the running of best text, but I feel like you all promising to remember this is like Mike promising to have weekly podcasts. We are having weekly podcasts. We're two in a row. We're doing another one tomorrow or Thursday. Or how about doing our uh, our throwback week where we watch a game each week? Uh, we old- did it twice. Well, I did it twice, and then you didn't do it the second week. Well, so. We, we, yeah. <laughs> so that ended it. Plus, we waited until like the week before the season, which kind of— That was the month before the season. <laughs> Uh, don't forget the uh, you never did get a hypnotist in here. But I tried. Yeah, you somewhat tried. That's on the hypnotist community. How hard did you really try? I put it out there, and I emailed yeah. me, and I responded. I told him what we wanted, and he was not interested. No, we did. We did get our movie Mary list. We did. You kind of dropped and the ball did, there. Well, no, I got the list still. I went, I went through and I've watched a couple of them since. Then. We haven't. We haven't ranked them. Let's try to rank them. Well, I don't think I, I I did that just so I would stay in good grace with Mary. Look, nobody thinks we're gonna remember these this best text. We're gonna do the thing. We may not. We're going to have to do it on the fly. I'm going to have to like just, if if a great text comes in at three thirty, congrats! Like you're gonna be the text of the day, and then we'll do it at the end of the week. I feel like if it's a good enough text, then we're gonna remember it. So don't blame us because your text was 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 a poor winner text. And as with all things, if something goes wrong, it's your fault. Yes, not exactly. Ours. Maybe if your texts were better, we would have remembered it more often. <laughs> Texas Alex Jones is now reporting that the text of the week's voting machines have been hacked and are in fact set to give one Trevor Kelsey free food via his burner phone. <laughs> it's a good text. That might be the most accurate conspiracy Alex Jones has ever had. <laughs> Texas, I don't think the 26 children who died in Waco was their fault. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Poor statement on your end. I mean, I mean, it's, I meant they didn't go outside the boundaries. I mean, the, the problem the, the problem you made was your first step, where you were trying to give David Koresh and Jim Jones some sort well, of credit. I, was trying to, I said, I said, but I prefer, I prefer that by saying if there was a silver lining. Which again <laughs> doesn't. Does, I don't. I don't think I. I can't believe I have to say this. Is an error in judgment on your end. It's like when you when you're about to tell someone something bad, and you're like, "No offense," because because once you say no offense, you're free to say whatever you want, right? It's I mean, again, you're, you're doing you're doing drill tweets where it's like, <laughs> in response to my prior tweet regarding the Taliban, you actually do not, in fact, have to give it to them, hand it to them. Oh my Was god! Was there 26 kids there? Yeah, I can remember. Very sad. Yeah. Texas says the KS bar text gets my vote for text of the day. We have to give it to that one. That was a good one. <laughs> the cult one. Yeah. Texas, by the way, the cult, the cult, the band had a few good hits. The band, the cult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas says, I think TK would do well in the cult of personality. But I'm- <laughs> Look in my eyes. What do you see? 
a cult of personality. Texas Mike, what are the chances that we can pull in Clint Hurt? He already showed us he can recruit. Now he's shown us he can coach. Surely we can offer more than NFL coordinator money. Well, I mean, we might have a better chance of getting back Jonathan Gannon according to his Wikipedia page. <laughs> you you were obsessed with the Jonathan Gannon. Well, stuff. I thought it was funny when I looked at that. It's a wild page. I never for those who don't know, like Eagles defensive coordinator was uh he went to U of L. He didn't I think he like played on the team, but he never he was a walk on. But he, but he but he's a grad assistant for for uh for Petrino, and that's what led him to go to the Falcons and he's moved his way up and now he's a defensive coordinator for Philly. And, Someone on his Wikipedia page wrote, like, what, what did it say? He's he, like trying, he he tried to like the, lose the job by giving him 35 points to the line. He hired on December 2021. Uh, in the week one of the, of the second season, he gave 35 points in his attempt to get fired. <laughs> the Lions are always just catching strays. Like, what baffles me, what doesn't baffle me but annoys me, is that that's allowed on Wikipedia and no one's changed it. And yet I, the patriot that I am, have been banned from Wikipedia. For trying to what take down the Russian gold medal in the Olympics in basketball, and the only thing I'm doing and is then also uh, what was the other one? Well, I, I kept calling Ennis Cantor, Mini Murison, because <laughs> I thought he looked like a Mini George Murison. Kind of does, but the, but the 72 Olympic one is should I shouldn't be banned for because I'm actually correcting them. You're not wrong. They had the wrong info on there. We won gold. We did. It's a fact. Suck it, Russia. Suck it, Russia. Got walked even when they finally played the game. Yeah, they cheated like it took them like six cheats to get it. It really did. Yeah, they hit reset on the the, you know, the old Nintendo five different times. No, it was it was the one where you're in your backyard. And you're like three, yeah. two, and you missed. But he was fouled. But he was fouled. Yeah. Or no, they actually added clock. They timed it wrong. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they did to us. Texas, how long should I wait to go to a Louisville game if the last two games that I went to were DePaul and Virginia from last year? Okay, <laughs> never. You're banned. I don't know. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe make that Florida A and M game then just to get the, you get, know, the get the bad taste out of there. <laughs> sometimes shooters need to see the ball go through the hoop a couple times. <laughs> it's good, good call. Just go in a couple times. It's a good call, actually. Yeah. Uh, Texas, I like our chances of winning a lot more when the opposing team isn't talking crap. They always lay down if there's trash talk going into the game. Well, that's under the premise that Malik can't handle the trash talk. We do kind of like when we get trash talked, we we tend to like not we don't do well. No, I can't. I think of a game where like it's we'd be like, ooh, now it's on, and then like we've ended up playing great. I mean, again, not to be mean, but I mean, it does seem like if you trash talk Malik, he can easily be rattled. It, you're not wrong. I, that's I agree. A sad thing amongst a six-year senior. That just tells you that that's not going to change. That he is who he is at this point. Texas, the cats made Fox News with their meal of bacon-wrapped gator. Did you see that? No, they had like for their team meal. I guess Sunday after the game, they had a like a like a fried gator, like, a, like one of those like you know you see like a barbecued pig. Oh, was that a real picture? I saw the picture. Yeah. I thought it was fake. No, it's a real like gator that they had like wrapped in bacon. Okay, like, have you ever had gator meat? Yeah, it just tastes like kind of like chicken. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the same thing. I know that's it's not cliche great. to say because a lot of things taste like chicken, but I mean it does. It does yeah. yeah, um, I the, pass on it. I, I've had it like once, and I was like, I'm good. The art, yeah, kind of saying. I think I had like like gator balls, like an appetizer. Because even though it tastes like, I, I still the fact that I know I'm eating gator just seems weird to me, and I didn't like. I just wanted to do it just to, same same way when I when I tried ostrich for the first time. I mean, I got a love for the gator community. I'm fine with eating them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, you know, they're, they're aggressive. They're pretty. There's a lot of them. Know, Gators just, are fine, but they're like a former dinosaur. Like that's even better. I don't know, that seems creepy. Get some game, good right? ancient, I don't know, vibes in my body. Would you eat bugs? Yeah. Because I know people eat like chocolate covered like caterpillars and stuff. Would you eat those? I mean, if they were like good. <laughs> well, that's, 
<laughs> sure. It's a preference, personal preference. Yeah. I don't think it's really a consensus. If they're good and like not bad for me. Then yeah, I'll, eat any, I'll eat anything that tastes good and is not bad for me. All right, Mikey. <laughs> I will. Text us the, uh, oh, the, the link to the story that I guess was written about this was this SEC rivalry is just heating up here in the second week of the college season, and Kentucky is loving this unique jab at an opponent they could see down the road once conference playoffs come into play. Does this person know anything about football? Yeah, whoever wrote this story does not know anything about how football works. Wait, 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 what? I got lost in what the hell we're talking about. It's that story because they said like you, uh, UK made Fox News. Oh, okay. Story about the Gator, and that was the story that was written. Whoever wrote it clearly is not a sports person. Well, probably not. I mean, (laughs) they could see them down the road once conference playoffs come into play. It's like, well, they play every year, and also they're not going to play both of them in the playoffs. Why are Fox News or CNN, for that matter? Why would either cover the the meeting? They can cover Gator anyway. I don't know. Gator community. <laughs> is, that, is that what's really considered news? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Terry says Trevor is upset that Mike did not hire a hypnotist. I think he wants to be hypnotized. He wants to eat a salad. Uh, no, I don't want to eat He sal- wants to prove that he can't be hypnotized. Thank you. Yes, because there's going to be doubt. You constantly, some people, some of you still doubt me. Well, the thing is, though, like, even the hypnotist that I talked to said, if anybody actively tries not to be hypnotized, then, yeah, nobody can be hypnotized. Well, that's just weak. But you have to, like, give in. You have to, like, when they say close your eyes, you have to close your well, eyes. Well, I would. You have to try. I, w- I would try, but don't get me. You wouldn't. I don't, don't trust give me, you. Well, what, what, do you think I'm just going to be like, no, eyes wide open, I refuse to close them? That's exactly what I no, think. No, I would close I my eyes. you're going to close them and play along, and your mind are going to be like, I'm not doing it. There's, not, a, there's a better chance if I close my eyes and listen to them that I'm going to fall asleep, let alone be hypnotized. You're going to be hypnotized. No, and I think that's that, that's where I think. This is a challenge to the hypnotherapist community of the city of Louisville. If you're listening to this and you're offended, step up, make you a play. You should be offended because you're Hypnotize whole- Trevor Kelsey. Bring prove it. him wrong. Bring, prove me wrong. That, 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 prove me wrong. Because And when I say the hypnotists are a joke, you're a Whoa. laughing stock. You're just... You're 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 like the chiropractors to doctors, okay? Like you you're you're the, the you're, you're a dropout of hypnotist school. You're calling out chiropractors now? <laughs> Aren't chiropractors just like doctor dropouts? You better hope you keep that back in check. <laughs> it's been sore carrying you. The chiropractor, <laughs> ah, the chiropractor community, and the hypnotist community now. No friends of Trevor. Kelsey. I mean, I'm just. Again, I, hypnotist, just you're a joke. You're just you're 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 a fancy wannabe carny. You might as well just be guessing my weight as well. You're just digging yourself a bigger hole. <laughs> bring it. I'm I'm bring it. Texas TK can't be hypnotized. Can't be brainwashed. He's cult proof. Amen. He's not cult proof. Bring on bring on Stockholm syndrome. This is Mike Gator balls or bites. Oh, <laughs> I said gator balls. He did. I don't think. I was thinking like cheese balls. I didn't realize they had them though. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure they do. Do they? Yeah. I had turkey testicles one time. I mean, that's the great, the 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 very underrated Chevy Chase movie. Just glossed over that. Yeah, I know. I heard you as a kid. Yeah, I believe. I think you've told me that story. Yeah, Big Texan. (laughs) Big Texan. Indiana Larry says easy on the chiropractors. I'm I'm just joking. Yeah, chiropractors, I, I, chiropractors, I tease with you. You are a serious profession. Texas, as a doctor, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> chiropractors are med school dropout. 
Texas, when our son was playing peewee football several years back, they had a coach who had a Bellarmine football shirt. The front said Bellarmine football. The back said still undefeated. Yeah, they used to sell those in the bookstore. Did when they? I was going there, they would have those. And they, this, is, this is technically the closest thing to a football team they've had, though, right? No, yeah, this is like the first time they've ever had any sort of like quote unquote real football. Team. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. They've never had like club or anything like that. Like Dayton has Dayton was an FCS or like one level below. No, I know they were because John Gruden played there. Yes, but like. It wasn't a big deal. Nobody cared. Yeah. But, like, other schools, like, have – like, DePaul, I know, has, like, a um, club football team that like, competes, but it's not a technically sanctioned sport. But Bellman's never had anything like that until now. I didn't think they had. So Now they got it. They I'm got glad it. that now this could be hopefully a first step to getting an extra real football team. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. I hope so. Texas Rutherford, a topic today about Colts regarding AM the night before traditions. Texture to his show said, one could say a radio show <laughs> slash website turned into a restaurant could be considered a cult. That texture isn't wrong, is he? Yeah, that was the, uh, was the we're going to let that guy text of the day. We're text of the day. Text of the day. It was good. For me, for calling out a cult. It was well done. Uh, we've got Bourbon and Beyond uh, tickets now. People, multiple people now are, are weighing and saying they've got their tickets. So if you haven't yet. Uh, okay. If you haven't yet, it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> Answer your phone, dude. Or do that. <laughs> we're trying to make it happen. We're trying. We're trying to get you there. Um, the you see Montrez Harrell officially now is a Philadelphia 76er and officially now is moving his number, changing his number to number five. Uh, I thought this was old news. It was old news, but it wasn't official until today. Like they officially announced the sounding. They put the press release out there. No. He put out there that it was his press. Release. He's a, he's a Sixer. He's gone from his home state of North Carolina. He's going to Philly. He's gonna need some help. I don't. Unless Charlotte wasn't going to give him the money, I think he would have been a better fit for Charlotte. Not, I mean, Charlotte's not going to win anything, but they like to they want to play that kind of up tempo, fun alley oop, shoot threes type of game. They were fun to watch, I, and they wouldn't. And in the East, they could probably sneak in a little bit in the bottom playoffs, but they weren't going to be like a serious contender with anybody anything. But I mean, I think Dun Montrose have a ring already. So I mean, didn't he get one? Was he with the Lakers or no? He wasn't on that Lakers team that won the. He was not the dome. Okay. No, he, he came was with the, he was the Clippers. He was the that Clippers year. that season. Yeah, you're right. So he doesn't have a ring. So he might want to get one. We ain't gonna get one in Philly because Doc Rivers sucks. Uh, so I hate to tell you that. He might. As well, you know, if you're just going for money, you should have stayed in Charlotte, buddy. Uh, I mean, it'll be a nice, okay fit. I mean, I don't think he really moves the needle too much from Philly, though. Am I the only one? This is totally off the beaten path, which is par for the course here. Am I the only one who's getting flooded with this Camp Lejeune? water contamination lawsuit i get emails about it twitter there's like this yeah i get no i get emails about it i get text messages about it i see commercials about it on the shows that i'm watching i have no idea at this point i'm like am i actually a part of this apparently the water was contaminated at this military base for years and years and years and i'm talking about the one in north carolina i i guess i've got no idea and now i see the the commercial if you were at camp so-and-so in north carolina between 1975 and 1988 you need to call. It's the same ones to go the, the the asbestos number. Like the, you need to join the civil action lawsuit with so and so. I've gotten like I've seen that commercial on. But TV they text me. Times. I get emails. I don't know how they've gotten a hold of my information. And at this point, I'm starting to think like, you know, was I there? It was like, no. It Can was I like, be a part of this class? And I, if I remember right, the camp was like from like 1975 to 1990. Well, I was alive. Like, I don't think you were there in that. Time. I might have been. If it's the same thing you're referring to, it's like a cold thing. I'm starting. To, they're they're convincing me that I was. You're right. It is in North Carolina. Yeah, because I've seen the commercial for it. I've been to North Carolina. Been... 
And why are they why are they advertising this so much? Why are they like what what's well, happening it's, here? It's usually they're just wanting to jump people on a class action. Same with the asbestos commercial. I just don't. You've seen those too, right? Well, yeah, but yeah. like this is a very specific thing that I don't think has a national like I don't Why am I getting how they get my number? Oh, that I can't help you with. I'm telling you, I think this is a, a cult thing. They're, they're convincing me. I, is it would you be mad if I told you I gave them to you, give you the number? Yeah. They called me and they were like, "If you can give us three people's numbers, we'll stop calling you." I was like, Hmm. <laughs> like, it's like a horror movie plot. Now I've got to pay it for it. I'm going to give three up, more people up. I saw this too. For the, the This is the first time. This, this stat blew me away. And also made me a little bit sad for our friends down at Tobacco Road who we don't care for. <laughs> I'm backhanded compliment to someone there. Well, they're not really friends. They also yeah. like I hate them. Our friends who I hate. <laughs> Pretty much. This is the first season ever okay. where Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest have all started 2-0. They've all been playing football since 1892. Is that not a little sad? Like, 2-0 is not that hard. To, like they've, <laughs> well, they've played nobody. There's never been one year where all four of these teams have started 2-0 until now. That's insane. It's insane. That's, that is, like, crazy. That's all. Is there anybody else in there that we're forgetting about that could be involved? You mentioned you said NC State, Duke, North Carolina, and Wake Forest, right? Yes. There's no other football in that area, right? Not in the state. That, no. Yeah. Well, there is, but App State. Well, not in the ACC. They're in the one-on-one, yeah. Yeah. That is crazy, though. Since, so, for the first time in a, over 100 years. Over 100 years. 100 and what, 20 130. Years? 130, yeah. 1892, yeah, I've been 130. You guys suck. That is crazy. Get better at football. Well, they have been. Apparently, are 2-0. Oh. <laughs> Texas, my, ass, my dad actually asked me if I ever went to that camp because he's been getting so many emails about it. <laughs> Texas, I've been getting the Camp Lejeune crap, too. Yeah, it's just it, they, They've infiltrated every facet of my life. I'm waiting for like Mary to start asking me, like, what was the, what have was, you been a part of this? You lawsuit? keep saying the camp thing. What was the name of the Salute Your Short camp? Um, camp Ottawa. We, we hold, hold you in our hearts. hearts. And when, when we, we think, think about you, it makes me want to fart. It's I hope we never part. Now <laughs> get, get it right. right or pay the price. <laughs> I don't know why, but you keep mentioning that camp, but the North Carolina that's what popped in my head. Right Lejeune now. and Ottawana do camp sound Louis very Juana. similar. We hold you Ottawana. in our hearts. Ottawana. Ottawana. And if you drink our water, you might want to die. <laughs> Once again. Your commitment to just not rhyming is second to none. It could give you bloody farts. I love it. I am, on that note, we'll get out of here. Text of the day is the KRC Guide text. We'll do this again tomorrow, and then we'll give away our text of the week on Friday. We're going to do it. All you doubters, all you haters. Text of the year gets to hang out at my house for a weekend. That's No, that's not happening. No, we're not, we're not. If they want to, sure. Bring bring, 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 bring your own blanket. I'm short on blankets. The gas mask. <laughs> we got Joey Deming, the Cardinal Insider, up next. Then Louisville Bats baseball taking on St. Paul. Coming away at 737. That's when coverage starts. 807 first pitch. Keep it locked right here all night on 1450 The Big X. Have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll see you guys tomorrow right back here at 3. Girl, I'm going to show you how to do it. And we start real slow. You just put your lips together.